forever. Dog. Warning. Today's podcast episode is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Opened in 1994 at Disney MGM Studios. Still in operation, waiting for you. We invite you, if you dare, to learn how each host was scared of the ride during childhood, and in some cases, adulthood. And discover how 21 kinds of tobacco make for 20 wonderful Chesterfield smokes. Today on the return of Hauntcast the Fright. Welcome to Hauntcast the Fright, the Scream Park podcast hosted by three headless men and their ghoulies. I'm Scott Gravedigger, joined by... Oh, uh... Take it. Uh, my name is I Kill Girl Stone. <laughs> girl, like girl, not girls. girls, not girl stone, like Gerston Stone. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, hey, I, I mispronounced that. You kill girls, specifically. That did sound like, I just said girl instead of girl. That really screwed every everyone up. I'm so sorry. That was confusing. Anyway... He almost got away with it until his confession was laid bare in a funny Halloween name. <laughs> then 25 girls have been recovered. <laughs> we all, all the listeners of his podcast suspected, but they never knew for sure until that fateful Tower of Terror episode. <laughs> Michael, Michael suppressed so much until in one episode it all right. came out. Um, but hey, let's also bring in... Uh, Jack-O-Lantern Slimedin. <laughs> oh great i'm glad we refreshed the spooky name banks um it's a pleasure to talk to you both i kill and jack-o-lantern um and it's a pleasure to be here in hauntcast the fright once more uh i'm excited due to various other things like our tour last year or mini tour uh there were other things going on in october we didn't get to do the full month but i we we've got it cleared out this is an october full of frights and delights yes we we the first well technically we did we did miss one friday but it's gonna be plenty of fridays five fridays five fridays in october this year and you don't want to do too many frights Oh yeah, people get rattled. Five frights, uh, yeah. five main feed frights, too many. Just seeing yeah. the the scary logo that we have and hearing the scarier music and hearing our scarier names is putting all the listeners at severe risk of um shrieks and diarrhea. Fri- <laughs> and if we did it five times all month, it would just be too sustained and you couldn't handle How it. often during Honcast the Fright do the listeners have just horrible diarrhea? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, at least, at least when the, a new one pops up in their feed or when they see a tweet. I mean, you get into the meat of the episode, and maybe you're only diarying, you know, seven yeah. times or so. But you know, there's a lot loaded up at right. the beginning. It's like somebody, or even seeing the name Tower of Terror right. or Snow White's Scary Adventures. That's a little diarrhea paying every time, right? Or they hear like, "Oh, Jason likes hundred grand bars better than Milky Way." Ah! Like, and they ah, have a horrible diarrhea because they heard that scary fact about Jason and Halloween candy. He'll never find zero bars in this day and age. And oh. uh, yeah. So it's a fright around every corner on this podcast in October. 
There's a lot to talk about with this topic. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. We're doing it. We're doing a big one. It's a bi- it's a big big one, and we're being big brave boys to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this that does make me think uh, with the candy discussion. You know, there's no treats trail this year. No. Obviously, all those stuffs happening, and we don't have to go over it. But the um, J- I guess Jason does that. Um, do you end up uh, buying extra candy just to have around? Do you like, uh, uh, how do you handle a quarantine Halloween? Uh, well, look, as long as the aisles of your local supermarket and drugstore seasonal sections are well stocked, I'll be fine. You know, <laughs> are you, Jason, are you going to uh, wait for discounts or are you going to buy during the month? Uh, I will probably buy a couple of times during the month. I think CVS discounts a lot. Like we got lunch once in between recordings and I came back with like bags of CVS, uh, Reese's eggs, Easter eggs. Reese's eggs. Scott, are you a Reese's or a correct pronunciation Reese's man? <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, I think I'm a Reese's. Okay. <laughs> got it. Okay. Re- okay. <laughs> but That's do you, fair. uh, though I'm not even sure your answer, Mike, cause you did say correct, but also it makes me think you like saying Reese's well I think it's better I think it's funny saying Reese's but I I, Reese's now look I look I'm not I'm not I'm not not guilty for mispronouncing I I called a uh, what did I call a guava agave agave Agave. oh a a guava yes (laughs) multiple times so look I I already so I'm I'm screwing up too here so I'm not I'm not out of the woods yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I well, I'm gonna try it on for size. Maybe I'll shift to becoming a Reese's person. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel right. I think I'm not like having the joy and abandon that you need to have to say Reese's. You need to be a much more of a free spirit to say Reese's. Yeah. yeah. So too uptight. Um, <laughs> well, I'll work on it. I'll try to drop that word in to our conversations all month as much as I can. Um, but for now, let's tackle. We're guys. We're opening with a with a bang. We're doing a big old major major attraction. Uh, this is exciting. Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, been looking forward to this conversation a lot. And I think, as usual, we'll put a little bit of a put it in a little bit of a box here. We're going to mostly just the talk rules. about Florida and the California version, not Mission Breakout, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. not Tokyo version. We haven't done Paris, but Scott, you've been there, and this is that is pretty similar. So, it, it just is exactly the same, yeah. I believe, as uh, as California, um, only with worse theming on the way in. That's the I can get that <laughs> out of the way right now. That you just sort of like even they managed to do a little like some lead up it's kind of weird in the corner over there in california adventure it, it, it is like it, it, it's odd it's certainly not the grand buildup of sunset boulevard in florida still better than france though where you just kind of like round a corner and pass by like a poster for signs or something like some <laughs> out of date movie and then just oh tower of terror is here mm-hmm. and the other thing that makes me crazy is that you can see the back which is unthemed like if you're on oh. Harbor Boulevard, uh, if you're at Harbor and Catella, the former location of Nixon's hamburgers, <laughs> uh, of course, um, you, you you know you could see the back of that building, and it's sort of unthemed. But you let that slide with Disney. You know they they don't really theme the back of the Cars Land rocks. You know that's not you know they they dress the side that you're where you're in the park. Um, 
Paris, you're just in there and it's just like a like a blank facade. It's terrible. Mm. Um, so I'm sorry to start on a on a sour yeah. note, but that does clear out every, everything well, that there is to say about the France one. Uh, there's a, I was going to say there's one other thing. They have extra little like they have like different scenarios they put in the elevator shafts on special like weekends as well. They have like a little bit extra oh. magic with like some more dropping. I didn't know that. Um, that I just they announced. I, I don't know if they've actually put it into uh, put it into use yet, but they announced it at huh. a certain point. So they're trying different things, and I, they also kind of do a similar thing in Tokyo with like they. Oh have yeah, like yeah. For, There's some scarier iteration, yeah, correct, that they they advertise specially. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of true of all of these in a way that they've like found ways to to randomize it and increase the scares i mean that's when i when you think of tower of terror you definitely think of of the ads and that not only are the ads when it opened but then there's this other wave of uh i'm trying to remember um oh like you know <laughs> that they every when became, drop and like uh yeah. Double was it double trouble? Like they had so many promotions. Oh. I know what you mean. Like uh, the one the one I wrote down was T four. So it's like the fourth <laughs> iteration, so they're calling it T four, and which maybe implies that there's up to four drops or maybe more, or like big drops, uh, which also had the phrase the tower is in control. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the very first iteration was one big drop. Yes. Two years that later. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. And and you have to imagine maybe a little anticlimactic because they're you waited so long those first few you, years it was the the star of the the you, the park at that point do you remember jason going on this because i went on this pretty quickly like when it was open we just happened to be going that year that's or it was the year after it was rock and roller coaster and tower of terror were both open and i was uh and this opened in 94 right yeah, ninety four. But didn't Rock and Roller Coaster open in ninety nine? That was a while mm-hmm. later, right? All right, then I'm I'm confusing um, my own trips. I went on this pretty quickly after it was open, so maybe I'm confusing yeah. my two trips with Rock and Roller Coaster. But I remember not being like let down by the drop is really what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean the build up is so satisfying. Uh, as for me, I think. I think it opened in between like trips my family took. So I think I would have gone on in 96. So it may have been two drops at that point, but it was still brand new, still like a hour to 90 minute wait. At least I just remember the first time getting the full extended queue and the gardens were so cool. Like it was so it's supposed to be dilapidated, but Disney is so good at uh, landscape architecture. <laughs> like the dilapidated gardens are beautiful. And the other thing is there were misters hidden everywhere. So it was a little spooky and also much needed because it would have been like the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a cool way to do it. It kind of seems like fog or something. I yeah. also remember when this ride showed up on the scene. Obviously, I didn't I didn't actually go on it until with you guys in, in uh, last October. Um, I... I, it opened, I think, because I, I, I went in 92 and 94. So the second time I went to Disney World, it was there. And I remember feeling more unnerved everywhere at the resort because of the mere existence of the Tower of Wow, Day. really? Just that you would see it from Epcot, or you'd see yes. it from a hotel, or you'd see the ad with the like shaking elevator, the, the billboard on the way in, or you'd see it on the in-room TV. It like loomed over the whole trip it, it like just just the notion of it made my second time there so much scarier because you knew full you were gonna do it press 
Yeah. No, because I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to do it. I didn't do it then. Oh, oh I, was, I see. Uh, I see. Okay. You when I was not. No, I and I and maybe the maybe the the inner shame of knowing there wasn't even a chance that I was going to give it a shot. Yeah, I, I felt similar with Alien Encounter because that was also new. Yes. Maybe maybe that whole trip was just shame in the back of my head. Yeah, yeah shame that I wasn't going to do it, and also like what happened to this place? This was a <laughs> magical place for little kids, full of uh, castles and fairies, and now there's so much horror around every turn. Why did they add things uh, young people might enjoy? and be thrilled by disgusting <laughs> didn't make any sense to me there should didn't be more make... looks behind the scenes of my favorite films and that is all they should ever add i uh, i felt anxiety because of alien encounter because i was like thought it was awesome when i was reading about it and then when we got there i famously of course if you've listened to the old episodes chickened out and i was it, it definitely like it like stuck with me the whole trip of like your dad and your little sister went on it and you didn't, you loser. But I wasn't yeah. like, I was, I, once it was like decide we had gone to Magic Kingdom and I wasn't going to go on it, I guess I kind of put it out of my mind. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't build up the bravery until last year. And I'm so glad. I mean, as I've said before, really, Tokyo was what did it. Because uh, Aaron, when when we were there, my wife was like, "You're not going to come all this way and not go on this Tower of Terror." And thank God, because that thing is incredible. And then it mm-hmm. like, um, you know, it made me have to go do all the other ones and, and Guardians and everything. Um, Aaron was very. That was maybe her biggest trip disappointment because we were uh, she was newly pregnant at the time and that she was really looking forward to doing uh, uh, the Florida Tower of Terror. So apologies to Aaron if you're listening to this. We'll 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 get there one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i um i do remember since you, you both mentioned being scared as children uh going when this was open i was so excited to ride it at the same time all of the marketing for it featured footage of people standing in an elevator yes. that drops and i was like this is insane disney just puts you in an elevator standing up and you're going to drop and then as we're like, this is like driving me crazy as we're like in the line. And I'm like, oh, there's Rod Surly. <laughs> Obviously, as a weird little child, I love the Twilight Zone. Um, I was so excited to see Rod Serling and the queue and the, everything. And then the doors open and there's seats and seatbelts. And I'm like, oh, my, thank God. Just thank God. Um <laughs> But I feel like it was another one where, like, my memory as a child, and I'm probably just misremembering, is I could not get a straight answer from cast members. Like, when I would ask, like, does the rock and roller coaster go upside down? Or does the Outer Limits Flight of Fear, like, is it super scary? Like, and no one would tell me... Uh, and, I did and it that was probably, once in, there was a, um, there was a refresh of Space Mountain where I went and asked, okay, when this was redone, was a launch added? <laughs> and I, maybe I didn't have the word yeah. launch at my disposal. And I had to say like, does it have the thing where it goes super fast all of a sudden? Which if you say that to a Space Mountain employee, they're like, I'm, yeah, yeah, right, like, uh, yeah, it's a fast ride. What do you, I could not get a straight answer. And obviously they, they did not at a launch so I, I braved it anyway but that was my launch fear I, even the like wow. the idea that they might have put one in there was too much for me launch that's interesting because yeah rock and roller coaster is my first launch but i don't know when 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 is the first time you knew what a launch was do you think how old do you think you were 
when when did they start putting them in there were, i mean yeah rock and roller coaster could have been the first one like around then and mummy yeah um yeah i mean i was a teen yeah. by the time oh yeah i was i was a teenager who was deathly afraid of the mere notion of launches wow. just to clarify <laughs> not a child Wow. I think just because I wasn't even that familiar with launches when I did Rock and Roller Coaster, I, I realized that made me feel bad. I've said this before, so we're not going to get that far into it, but it made me feel better because it would go quick. It would be over quick. I hate the suspense oh, of roller coasters. Huh. I, I hate the suspense. I don't like the slow climb up. Like That's why when we did Hang Time, which is the thing that sh- like. Well, it's like just puts us like in a chair slowly going vertical that's the most anxiety inducing thing that yeah. i can do because it's just right. all suspense and then the ride is fine which so it, it's interesting like this kind of ride it is the first disney drop tower mm-hmm. and they've done less themed ones like the Malaboomer, um which that one just shot you straight up like there was no build-up that wasn't that, a, like you climb up very slowly that was just like yeah similar to dr doom's Fearfall. that was like an off-the-shelf sort yeah. of thing with no theme at least dr doom they the queue is pretty good and i've and I, the um, i've never done a legs dangling drop ride Sure. Sure. I've really? Never. Never ever. Wow. I'm not saying I Wait, won't. You've ever. never done. You've never done Fearfall. Never done Fearfall. You've never oh. been through the Latvian embassy. Never been or through seen the, Lat- the Doom bots, well, Michael. This is. I can't believe this. Yeah. I. Okay. Look. Next time we go to Orlando, or I go to Orlando, I will. I. I don't even want to say it. I will oh. do Doctor Doom's Fearfall. I Ooh. I did it like four times because you could just go out the exit and like go around a corner and get back in line. I don't because you're a you're a brave boy. You were a you were a brave boy and still are. And yeah, I gotta is. see those views. I gotta see those views. I try to cut. I try to cut you down by making fun of your Reese's pronunciation, but it's just because you're braver than I am. You oh, know? thank you so much. <laughs> No, that's what it's all about. All of the undercutting, because yeah, yeah. You've, you've had so many more years of Tower of Terror experience. Uh, that um, is true, but I had multiple times doing the research for this where I truly felt like an idiot. Where I am like learning. I did. I did not know that if you stare at the Morocco Pavilion, I that didn't you either. see the tower. It did not occur. Yeah, to me. you could. It s- did not occur that they were that close. That they built like minarets almost on top to make it. Blend to in. tie together. Right, right. So if you're in Epcot Center and World Showcase, and you're from certain angles, you're staring across at the Morocco Pavilion. They colored this Tower of Terror to fit with Epcot's Morocco. I know. I never so noticed it still that. fits in the sightline. Yeah, yeah. I never. I never yeah, that's that very cool. I saw the photo they had on whatever site I was on, and it was. I was like, oh wow. I probably st- stared mm. right at it. Yeah. And didn't realize yeah. it. Kudos. Yeah. Really well. Um, the thing I was going to get to is that, yeah, this is the first Disney drop tower. And I think it, it came out of, they knew that they knew they wanted to do that, like Splash Mountain before it. Like this is a genre of ride that's very common, but we haven't done it ourselves. It actually maybe wasn't that common. And I, I think the way that it mainly existed before is sort of like maybe the only one of these we've talked about on the show is the Tower of Terror ripoff that we encountered mm-hmm. at movie 
Park, Italy. Again, I never remember the name of it. Movie Land? But that that was this, if you didn't hear the episode, that was this ripoff Universal Studios that has a ripoff Tower of Terror that says Hollywood Tower at the top. But that is not where you're in this this room that fits several dozen people. You're in this like very claustrophobic little cage, basically, that rises up. That that is the slow climb. That's the thing that you would be afraid of, Mike. Yes. Um, so I think that was the main way that drop rides existed. And, and in Disney's pursuit of trying to do a ride like this, that's what maybe they were originally thinking that they had to do. And, uh, if you've ever been on one of these rides or you heard us talk about that, that ripoffy one, I often how it goes is it's the slow climb up to the top and then you jolt forward to the other uh, track and then you go down in such a way that it curves you until you're on your back. <laughs> At the bottom, uh, which is so weird and like low rent and carnivaly. It's like a yeah, me. it's like it's like almost like you're on a water slide kind of thing. Yeah, which that's weird. Why do you accept it on a water slide? Like, of course, I'll be sort of like naked and unattached to anything and end up on my back. But doing it on a ride with a physical piece feels so shady. Yeah. Yeah. And that one of those is often themed to Superman, the escape. It's so mm. crazy how some of the most recognizable characters in the world, translated into any number of languages, have the most like r- <laughs> rickety Six Flags esque death traps named after. Well, that's Six Flags. I mean, that's obviously Six Flags. I mean, that's part of the appeal. It's part of the thrills, you know. It's a different kind of thrills than the storytelling, like playing on the senses that Disney Imagineering does. Yes. They made a deal with the devil, the Looney Tunes and the DC characters. Like they, they're, they're so rarely a good ride or attraction based on any of this beloved IP. I saw someone saying, uh, someone was calling us out and I can't remember who it was because uh, we were talking about the fact there's no good Looney Tune ride, but apparently... I forget which park it is. There's a lo- there is a dark ride Looney Tunes in the park with the Alf Gremlins that had the Alf and Gremlins. Oh, ride. is that right? And and oh, I really? wasn't, it wasn't even on my radar, but it is kind of an old school like 90s animatronic ride. Oh, that looks pretty cool. Okay, okay. Um, huh, huh. cool because it well, would be like it's like 30 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's a little rinky dip, but like it's it like feels like what we. But it's would have closer loved to yeah to what we're looking for when we were talking oh, about neat. that. So we got to we got to okay. look into that more. But well, that's a, the episodes we've talked about doing are like let's track Batman and the parks, mm-hmm. and maybe Looney Tunes should be added to that list too. Oh like, yeah, like, what have they actually pulled off? And is this uh, to buy one? Uh, any good like does that do justice mm-hmm. do we think? yeah not that we'll go to dubai probably we can get free tickets though yeah. i emailed the pr guy and we can get free tickets but i don't think they're gonna fly <laughs> us to dubai unfortunately but maybe now that we've been around for a while maybe now that we're uh, a juggernaut of podcast podcasting oh yeah they gotta put us up yeah. in first class where it will be safer for us to fly and right yeah oh yeah and uh i also want to set up where we can have jason recreate tom cruise's stunt in mission impossible 4 uh where he's which one's four which one? Oh, climbing the building yeah because jason wants to do that uh you love heights yeah that one looks okay <laughs> you're the I, height the new the new stunt i would be where he rides some motorcycle oh, into the air alert, and then spoiler parachutes. alert for the listener who doesn't want to know it was an it was on every like news yeah, wire it was on public. the associated they press it. <laughs> uh that's true 
Um, yeah. 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 You, so you don't, you won't do the new motorcycle stunt, but you are willing to do the tallest building in the world running around it. Uh, on a wire. No, I said I would be interested. Oh, I, you I would. Think I'm more interested in the motorcycle one. You would. <laughs> you I, would rather ride a motorcycle off of an evil Knievel ramp off the side of a mountain. That, uh, yeah, because I, I feel like the hardest part of that would be learning how to ride a motorcycle. Hmm, that seems like a lot of precision on a ramp. I don't know. Did you guys know about this um in in Vegas at the uh formerly stra- known as the stratosphere? You can go up to the top level and they'll put bungee yep. cords on you and you can just jump off the building. Yes. And you just slowly land. Well, Lindsay and I watched I about of, an hours worth of videos of people doing it. And pe- I did too recently. Yeah, and people just melt down. They're standing at the top of this thing and they're like sobbing. And the woman or the man who's working there, who's seen this a million times, is just dead inside going, it's all right, it'll be okay. And they'll be like, can you just push me? Can you push me off? And then they're like, "They're like, we can't push you. You have to jump. <laughs> like, you have to just, no, but please just push me. I just, I'm so scared. Like, it's going to be fine. A lot of people have done this and they're just like, they're not helping at all. They're just like, go, to, go closer to the edge and jump. And then finally, after like 20, some people like, 15 minutes finally just you know inch off the building and fall with a bungee cord it's like insane i can't imagine i want to do it so badly you want to do it (laughs) oh yeah really i I, well i want i've always wanted to okay uh part of my love of tower of terror as a kid i was so excited because it was so tall and i love being high up this is probably a short man complex but I was so excited for Tower of Terror to go up that high. And I think I've always wanted to safely, safely jump off the top of a building. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of shocked because that seems so I would I would be the person melting down for 20 minutes, I think, at the top of the of the hotel. I, I am so t- I mean, it's like a hundred dollars or 150 if you get a video let's i was a little annoyed let's that take the it video out of the patreon risks. let's take it out of the patreon you're gonna do this I, you know uh, you're gonna jump off the top of a building <laughs> here's well here's my one thing though is i think i would have to get contacts because it would all just be a blur to me and i think i would want a crystal clear view of what i am seeing so i yeah i am very impressed with this like i just you know, tentatively said that I would do Dr. Doom's fearful ride. Not that the other thing isn't safe, but yeah, people melt down on what you're talking about. Yeah. Like a big part of it is that you have to do the jumping. Yeah. Like that's my problem with skydiving too. And I know like the first time you go, you're strapped to another person that knows what they're doing. Um, Like I would have to be forced to do Dr. Doom's fearful. I couldn't climb up uh, a tower and then jump off of the tower. A machine has to do the work for me. So that's why the idea of actually stepping off of a building Mm. drives me insane. So I am legitimately impressed with you saying you want to do this. And we have to make this happen. I think the one thing that worries me is just like, I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of backup cables. I watch them explain like all the fail safes. But I think part of the appeal is that you just slow down as you get close to the ground. There's no snapback. Like bungee jumping scares the the snapback would scare me. That does sound so. You just, yeah, yeah, you just slowly land. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, Man, this is going to so, be a great episode. 
Yeah. Uh, hashtag, well, I don't think I, was, um, I wasn't planning on getting contacts anytime soon. So I'm also not <laughs> planning on first, going. You have a really boring logistic to do, and then and the virus has to go away. Uh, the, yeah, the virus. I mean, Vegas is a, a third open, but uh, not not a ton of stuff to do. So, so hashtag st- stratospheridin. It's <laughs> um, get wow. be the event of twenty twenty four. This the Tom Cruise of podcast the ride. <laughs> and I'll go on the New York New York roller coaster. <laughs> That's my pledge. Oof. I actually oh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I feel yeah. comfortable with you going on. Oh, that. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I've done it. I cannot recommend. <laughs> yeah. I, I will uh, gamble in the pleasure pit at the Planet Hollywood Casino, (laughs) (laughs) where the women wear, like, slightly more revealing clothes. That's the danger I will face. Oh, a lower cleavage That's correct, yes. That's the danger I will put myself in (laughs) in Vegas while Jason jumps off a building. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was starting to say, just in terms of the history of the thing, yeah, the Disney, I think, was... I forget where I got all this info, but they were thinking about doing one of those where you end up on your back. So something a little more low renty and something has come up on the show before that sort of, you know, pops in and out of the history of the Tower of Terror. And that is this thing, Geyser Mountain. Uh, I know, Mike, you love this. this love idea. this idea. Yes. Um, this was a Baxter thing. Yeah, maybe it was at yeah. some point. I th- um, the the main gist being that it is like a I guess a launch and then a drop ride where you are launching uh, because a geyser is going off and propelling your vehicle into the air. There's a yeah. There's an episode of the season pass. I believe it's a paywalled episode of the season pass podcast. That's all Tony Baxter unmade rides. Wow. And wow. this is in there. And in addition, it would have gone back by where Star Wars Land is, which also was a place that Ozland would have gone if the James Franco movie was a hit. Was a bigger <laughs> deal. Right, right. Walk James around Franco. Franco. Yeah. <laughs> now it does. Which that'd be fine today, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, replace him. Replace him with uh, the old guy from the original. Although they don't have the oh, rights. The they don't have sure, the rights sure. to that, though. But whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they'd do. Uh, um, so anyway. But uh, just put another Johnny Depp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Johnny <laughs> Depp. You is, have the mold. Yeah, perfect. No problems Johnny there. Johnny Depp as Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but apparently the there was some proto iteration of Geyser Mountain that would have been the same idea, except it's one of those like, yeah, you, you, you end up on your back a little more. Low. So they were like pursuing that. Is that a way we want to do a, a, a drop ride? And that, that didn't end up working out. But that was the first that Disney's maybe thinking about doing it. And it's enough in the air that it is one of the things originally proposed in 1990 when they were doing starting to plan the first big expansion of Disney MGM Studios because it was specifically a half-day park at some point in time if you when it opened. If you can picture it without that Sunset Boulevard area and without Rock and Roller Coaster, there's, there's very little going on. Yeah. Um, and the expansion started and Muppet Vision was one of those things, but they were talking about other stuff to do. And I, I got some of this info, by the way, from Kevin Rafferty's mm. book, uh, which I ended up buying and I highly recommend. I think we've been overlooking Kevin Rafferty as a, a Baxter level person right. for a long time. There's crazy up, stuff in this book. He shows up in a lot of like cool stuff. I think he, he had his hands on a ton and more than yeah. you know, because even five haven't really gotten to read the book yet. I mainly read about Tower, but like he wrote the lyrics of the Sunny Eclipse songs. Wow. 
Um, weird stuff like, you know, we don't really like this thing, but the en- Enchanted Tiki Room new management <laughs> was this guy. But then also, like, he wrote all the songs for, like, you know, the, the Mater Jamboree. <laughs> That's and great. The, like... So many odds and ends, and Radiator Springs Racers, and one of my favorite things, Pangalactic Pizza Port with Tony Solaroni, which you get a big breakdown of uh, in his book. And apparently he also wrote some of, at least at one point in time, Michael Eisner's intros for the show. Wow. Wow. That's how much an all-hands-on-deck writer this guy was. He wrote the Sunny Eclipse songs and the hellos. Wow. That's kind of like how Marty Sklar would be writing, like, a lot of Disney's, like, internal stuff for introductions on the show and that sort of thing. That that sort of connects to that. Oh, that's right. God, writing the copy on the TV shows and the attractions themselves. That's cool. That's that's still the case. Um, But anyway... he, he in his book talks about the formation of this ride and how this, so they're pitching a ton of stuff. What can we do in this expansion area? And somebody pitched a hotel drop ride. And I think the idea was that there, you find some, there's some backstory where there's a murder in a pool in the basement. And then that starts making the elevator you're in act weird. And that makes it go up and drop. And uh, and maybe Vincent Price was was pitched to be part of it. So the, they pitch it. Yeah, the people pitched to be part of it are insane. This cast of characters. Oh well, there's a there's a big one, or we'll get to that in a sec. But yeah. the so it's some I don't know Vincent Price, some weird story. Uh, uh, there's a murder in the put. Like the pitch was weird, and everyone in the room, Eisner included, is like, but why does the so why does the elevator react to a murder? It just wasn't really tied up. He thought Vincent Price maybe wasn't relevant enough, so it just kind of died on the vine. Kevin Rafferty was not doing that pitch. He was just in the room, and he heard it, and like. There's something there, though, like the idea of a haunted tower. There's like, that's pretty great. And it stuck with him for a while. And he even just brought it up one day to to, uh, another Imagineer, maybe Kirk is his last name. I forget exactly. But they were talking about it and went like, well, is there some way to revamp that idea and make it work in the studios better? And uh, they were talking about, well, is it about adding a property to it? Like, is there some way to tie it into a TV show? Like, The Outer Limits, they proposed, which we just talked about, The Outer Limits ride in, uh, at King's Dominion. Uh, and then they got to Twilight Zone. And, oh, that's kind of something. Or what if you're kind of, like, in an episode of The Twilight Zone? Uh, and then they were trading names back and forth. Well, isn't there a real thing called the Hollywood Tower off the 101? Maybe it could be like that. Oh, what if it's the Twilight Zone Tower Hotel? And then... Rafferty spits out, what if it's the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror <laughs> that just flew out of his mouth, improvised, mm-hmm. and they both went, yeah. And they got a new meeting on the books with Eisner. Here's the pitch, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. He's like, I love the name, but what is it? They explain it more. He says how this will be a elevator ride where it doesn't act like an elevator, where it does things that an elevator wouldn't do. He's like, that sounds cool. Does, does, is Twilight Zone relevant, though? Frank Wells says, absolutely. They show the marathons all the time. Mm-hmm. It's as relevant <laughs> as ever. Like, that's an institution. It will always be. And Eisner said, hey, it sounds good to me. It'll just take money. It'll take a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and suddenly, this guy who's, like, done these weird robot shows in Japan is in charge of a e-ticket attraction that he doesn't actually know how to pull off. <laughs> and a big important thing about the Twilight Zone, the rights were available. Like CVS was very happy to license it to them, you know, and it fit perfectly within their movie and television studio production park. 
Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, um, but there was also, I guess I skipped a step of that by saying all that, because also in the air was this other hotel idea, which I think is what you were alluding to, Jason, the, the Hotel Mel. Yes. The Hotel Mel, well, I uh, the other name I heard, too, was Stephen King. Yes, I also, I found Stephen oh, King as I was approached. I found Stephen that, King. too, yeah. Notable for taking meetings with both Disney and eventually Universal, who at one point was pitching like uh, a scary attraction based off some of his books that would have included a fake loading where Pennywise the Clown would have exploded out of the control room and the ride would have continued. Now, this didn't happen. Of course, nothing goes away forever. And that idea was worked into Revenge of the Mummy. Oh, no kidding. That's yeah. nuts. That A Stephen King coaster? Like all of Stephen King's IP in one ride is what it seems like, right, Jason? Yeah, which kind of became the the idea for the TV show Castle Rock. It mm. like ties together a bunch of the characters and the town and everything. Wow. Yeah, so it was either going to be Mel Brooks or Stephen King. Stephen <laughs> Uh, wh- what I read about Mel Brooks is that they were trying to get him to shoot uh, movies at the M- MGM Studios, Disney MGM Studios Park, because they had a mm. full production facilities, and they knew him and his son Max uh, were fans of the park. And uh, on the Disney fandom for Tower of Terror, it said Mel initially had to be sold on the idea of a theme park attraction after being explained that a theme park attraction has a lasting F. Uh, effect of being in place and seen every day of the week by 20,000 people for like 10 to 20 years. And that I think is a big like keystone, a big benchmark for like why these places resonate so much because they are so many people experience them. It is a shared experience of like, oh, you can skip a movie. You cannot see a movie. But like so many people have ridden these things, you know? Mm hmm. Right, right. He'd, so they end up with this idea that I, I, what I figured out is that I don't think the Hotel Mel was was a drop ride. I think it was that you're going to be on a set and you're taken around in a golf cart, like that Hollywood inside baseball that you're on a back lot going, I'll go on a crazy golf cart <laughs> ride, but through the set of sort of a young Frankenstein ish Mel Brooks comedy right. horror. And it was just yeah, it yeah. was com, it was gags. Yeah. The village maybe would have been built. The young Frankenstein castle might have been there and like a village and that you could walk down. But who knows how far any of this stuff got, you know? Yeah. Did he maybe take any of the ideas that were being formulated and infuse them into Dracula dead and loving it? <laughs> uh, I have not seen Dracula dead and loving it, even though I referenced it not long ago. Uh, so... I won't. We I don't should know. probably. I I feel like I might like you when the turn happened and the Leslie Nielsen movies got kind of like less good every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was disappointed then. I bet now I would like watch the lesser Leslies and go. This is this is better than any. Oh yeah, comedy film. In yeah, the decade. Yeah. I was watching uh, some old Jackie Chan movies, and I was like, "This is so good. <laughs> These are so good. These stunts are insane." Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like a lot. You're watching like a live stunt show. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, right. Um, we like old, we like old things, I guess. 
Now I do kind of want to watch the yeah Lesser Leslie Marathon maybe coming for me. Oh, sure. Um, But uh, I just think it's interesting that they were like piecing this together so slowly. What about a drop ride? What about a, it's Disney MGM Studios and there's a hotel. Well, not quite. And we're, and then it finally all crystallized in this in Tower of Terror. And they started planning it and budgeting it and and seeing if this was going to be the thing. But it was, as an ex- an expansion idea for Disney MGM Studios, it was up against a different Kevin Rafferty idea. He was working on two things that were in contention to be the big centerpiece of the expansion. And the other one, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because this for sure is its own episode, at least a second gate. Uh, the other one that he was pushing along was the Creature's Choice Awards. <laughs> If you guys <laughs> I don't know this. anything about the Creatures Choice no, Awards. No, I don't know this. Um, Excuse me? <laughs> oh, my God. This is why you have to get this this book, uh, Ma- Magic Journey, um, because there's photos of it. I discovered some of this from some YouTube video that uh, um, that, that I, I didn't know where they were getting it from. I'm watching the video going, excuse me. And I, now I know it's from Kevin Rafferty's book because this is without saying too much because I'll have to save it for this episode. I'm even, t- I'm, I'm even like, do we just move this up and do it soon? Maybe. But uh, we'll figure it out. But... Uh, just to whet the appetite, the Creatures Choice Awards <laughs> involves a uh, it, the host of the Creatures Choice Awards uh, is a, a character named Eddie Frankenmurphy. <laughs> wow! Yeah, uh, and there is art in this book of Eddie Frankenmurphy. Wow! I- Eddie himself heard the pitch. Like Eddie Murphy was aware. Of the possibility of being Eddie Frankenmurphy. Whoa. I've never seen anything about this. It's in some, it's buried in some other YouTube video. I don't remember the channel. It's a guy with a British accent or something, but I was watching it months ago, just jaw dropped. Like, what are you telling me right now? A monster award (laughs) show with, it's so, it's so good. Mixed with the fact that uh, Rafferty is working on Tower of Terror, the great, like, you know, now in every park attraction that is beloved. Then this bizarre idea and Dick Tracy Crime Stoppers at the same time, like, this is and, and in the book they detail conversations he had with Eisner about like wait so it's a gun yeah it's a gun in the car but it's like a fun gun I don't know about a gun like it's so that we've been I think uh, underrating well, Kevin Rafferty there's a lot in the Kevin I, Rafferty article I think Crime Stoppers maybe coming up too we should say ooh that's a good idea yeah yes. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would love to uh, we'll we'll off mic about how soon you'll hear about Eddie Frank and wow. <laughs> It's so crazy. Yeah, that, yeah we got to do I that I heard soon. that um, I'm seeing uh, now that part of part of the reason is they couldn't get the rights to Eddie Frank and Murphy's famous characters, uh, Gumbu and Bukwit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too expensive to get those Buk- hilarious characters. He, oh, he would do. B-O-O, yes. Yeah, oh, Bukwit. That's pretty good. Sorry, uh, I guess it's Gumbu and Bukwit. Tis the season, you know. Right, of, yeah, and he definitely referenced his work in Booverly Hills Cop. <laughs> and Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> and Boo Boo Finger. Oh, Boo Finger. Oh, wait, oh, no, was he? I, I might have been thinking of Boo Finger. Is he in No, 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 he's also in Boomerang. 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 <laughs> Don't doubt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, do they all, do they all work? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. 
I guess I, uh, my name is Boolamite. Is uh, no. that, that doesn't? That's not quite as good. Well, yeah, Shrek is just Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway. Uh. We'll 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 figure that one out. Just this, this is just like this is where if I could just go to Imagineering on a random day in 1990 and see concept art of all of this that these things are all being and that's just like a third of what they're working on and i think that's why i can't b- abide by any by too much eisner hate because sure he messed up later but he also enabled a world where like okay what's my 315 the creature's choice awards <laughs> all right well hurry it up because i got a i got a four o'clock about tower of terror about how to make an elevator uh, move freestanding down a hallway <laughs> what a great time eisner did it oh, he certainly did uh can i just ask one question what was the creature's choice what kind of a ride or is that too big of a spoiler what kind of a thing uh, was it? Um, like, what was it? It is, and again, I'm glad I didn't learn more because so I can't really spoil. But it, he he claims in the book that it would have been an audio animatronic theater show um, with the like scope and amount of robots of uh, the American Adventure. Wow! Oh my gosh! Holy shit! Yes. My appetite is more whetted now. Good. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, um. So, uh, to to come, we'll put we'll put the pin in that. But it was he literally. What a crazy time for this guy. He has two projects in contention. That one they realized logistically maybe they couldn't do. And what Eisner was pushing and why this thing really happened and why he was sold on it ultimately is what Jason said earlier we want teens we want thrills uh for a park that at the time didn't have a ton of rides and i don't think a thrill ride initially uh this this one was it and it was incredibly expensive to do but eisner kept pushing i think the benefit of a a a huge thrill ride i think it'll have a transformative effect on the entire property Mm -hmm. and it did well i and i think a big impetus was that for a very short amount of time disney eventually took the leap but in terms of universal studios florida versus mgm studios universal was had more guests for a while after they got their shit together after the first like year or so it was beating mgm attendance wise so they're like we got to put some stuff in there and that's as you see you know star tours and muppets and tower of terror down the line a little uh, sure, kind of sure. helped it find its foot that it was always my family's favorite park to go to like so except we love the movies and we love tv so much and and it, it just everyone liked it and i i feel like a lot of stuff that everyone in the family could do mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely something for everybody and the fact that there is thrill rides and then like here's this walking tour that it doesn't challenge uh, anybody uh oh yeah little mermaid show like it like it, it became such a big variety especially after this opened yeah um, yeah i remember yeah we i don't know that we would have declared it our favorite but we were very into it i mean especially twilight so much my mother is a huge fan of like i think that it was it was checking so many boxes for us uh, and then it's yeah. Then when Tower of Terror was put in, it was like yeah, next level. Like finally had something. I mean, Great Movie Ride is very cool. I guess I I wouldn't call it like next level going on it though. Maybe sure. Tower sure. maybe Ta- at the time by the sheer amount of it, it's still not next level. I guess because there's already been Pirates, right. which has a ton of animatronics. So it's like good. It's really I- good and it's really fun. But it's like Tower of Terror then felt like a next level thing oh yeah yeah great mover i think got a boost from the length too not just the many sets and animatronics but like besides universe of energy there weren't that many long rides at the time yeah 
Well, so to that next level point, part of it is one of the things that was in Rafferty's pitch, which is that this elevator car is not just going to go up and down. It is going to move forward. And I obviously so much of our audience is hardcore uh, theme park fans, but I, I think there probably are people listening who've only been to the California Adventure version and actually don't know that in Florida it the car moves you get up to a floor and it lurches down a hallway mm -hmm. uh, um which is some of the you know why we've been more okay with it changing and, and not being twilight zone in california because it feels like well it it never in california has been the ultimate version that that was you know had this effect that was even in the pitch yeah it's it's uh so it's like so much better we've said it a million times i'm sure it's annoying at this point of like how much more it adds to the ride in Florida. And I wasn't even quite clear until I was doing some research about how it worked. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you want to talk about that? Uh, yes. Real quick, though, I want to see if anyone came across this, because since you mentioned that push forward, uh, I found on one of the like fan Wikipedia wiki pages or fan sort of things, as it was describing the differences between the East Coast, West Coast Tower of Terrors, it was saying like, oh, and they took out the fifth dimension uh, sequence where you push forward in the Florida version, which the Imagineers were never happy with. And I had never heard that before. I don't believe it. I I usually check stuff against multiple sources, but this just made me so angry. I was like, what are you talking about? They didn't like that's the whole that's the whole kit and caboodle. That's the whole deal. Like maybe, maybe what they were generalizing, it's not that they didn't like maybe the 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 more nuanced opinion might be, well it was all it's always uh, problematic in terms of function that that's the that most is true. likely part to break down or something because they, they it is interesting they never reprised it even the tokyo one which is really fantastic doesn't have that effect yeah. right i mean i've heard tony shit talk the california tower of terror tony baxter because mm -hmm. it doesn't have that sequence he, he said like that's the big important sequence in the ride because it like that's when you finally like it breaks your expectations of what an elevator does so that's what like he yeah. says that's so important to the ride which makes sense because that's really the moment when you go oh i didn't know this could do this which it's so funny that this got pitched and sold to Eisner and Wells with no plan of how they were actually going to do that. <laughs> it's like, what a crazy, that, that tells you how much they were just in the money at the time. That like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. And then Rafferty had to leave that meeting with Sklar, and he was, I think, kind of freaking out. Like, does that mean, did he just say, like, do it? Yeah, yeah, you're in charge of an e-ticket now, and you got to go learn some stuff. Mm -hmm. That's um, wild. So I don't think they did have a, a, a plan. Um, and I guess, what? so let's talk about what they, they came up with. Um, yeah. What's, what's the easy way to, to explain the technology? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to sound like the biggest idiot in the world trying to do it, I think. Uh, it's basically <laughs> there's a ride vehicle inside another mechanism that makes you go up and down. There's the shaft, yeah. but there's another, you're actually in a vehicle that crawls into the shaft. Right. And there's, there's technically three parts. There's the going up one. Mm -hmm. There's the one that pushes forward. And there's the one that quickly goes up and down. Those are three different mechanisms. Right. Three different. So it's like uh, so there's a V. Okay, so there's like a big like. Let's say that. Okay, like how can I say this the dumbest way? It's a big cube. There's a big cube <laughs> with some ropes on it, <laughs> cords, cables. Another little box where the people's chairs are go into that big cube. 
that cube just lifts everybody up to the top. Then the people leave their little vehicle out of that big cube. (laughs) They push forward. They see all the fun stuff in the fifth dimension room. And then they get loaded into another big cube that's held by different ropes and cables. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's the mainly cubes. That's what you big need to know. cubes is what I'm talking about. We love cubes on this podcast. Uh, and then instead, I think my my impression was that a kind of free fall dropped you, but that's not what it does. There's like a mechanism that's basically just shooting you up and down. It's like pushing you up yeah. and down. It's not just free. It's not just sort of free falling you. It's completely controlling your speed, and you're going faster yeah. than you would if you'd free falled. If they were just to drop like any like if they were just to drop the cable, you would be going slower and feel like less uh, intense emotion than you would the way they do it now. You are being pulled. Yes, down, that's a better way to describe actually. it. Actually. And the yeah. the 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 fact I saw is if you hold a penny in your hand as you fall, you will beat the the penny will mm-hmm. hover in the air a little because it's falling at the speed of gravity and you are falling faster than that because you are strapped into a vehicle being pulled uh down i would recommend not doing that on the ride though i would recommend because you might miss out on some of the hilarious bits that people do as they're falling some of the very good jokes that people like to scream i would say what do you what do they do what What have you had yeah what jokes are you talking about I, I they're just so funny. I can't remember. I'm just laughing too much. I'm not sure actually though, because like Hunter Mansion, we've talked about it, and like yeah, I know people like to yell stuff in the room and scream, and we're not fans of that. You can call us old men. I don't care. I like to sit and enjoy the atmosphere. Um, but Tower of Terror, I've never like I've never been like oh well, there's that bit again. I don't, I, I think people just, when you are at the top, when you're holding at the top for a second, someone will go like, oh, I can see my car. Or like, really? I feel like I've heard, I have definitely heard. <laughs> I've like, never heard somebody do a joke like that at the top. I do like to hear genuine people like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, Tommy, you didn't tell me it was this. Like, you know, huh. genuine anguish is very That's funny. That's interesting. I'm, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to troll or anything. I just truly never, like nothing sticks out to me when I'm at the top of any of these drop rides where I get annoyed. Scott, or do you, I guess you haven't been on many, but... Um, yes, not enough for there to be a, a recurring trope. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I can see my car. Would that bother me if I heard it? <laughs> I don't know. If it was my dad, maybe I'd, I'd give him it some, all de- some credit. It all depends on the delivery, quite frankly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Also, just like the the parking lot is not in that view. If you're being accurate, you cannot see anybody's car. Yeah. So I have a problem with it on a factual right, right. level. Well, I'm going to pay yeah. attention to this. Uh, do you feel, find that you have that happen on Guardians a lot or no? Uh, Guardians, I, it's hard to tell. Just it's so much noise. There's so much. The music is so loud. Sometimes you can't even hear a rocket. Like, right. I, I like his little jokes. You know, mm-hmm. they're pretty polished. Yeah. Leave it to the professionals like rocket. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's our <laughs> stance. Uh, um, that that yanking faster than gravity situation. That's another thing I found in the Rafferty book that they went and um, talked to the Otis elevator company who did end up uh, uh, putting in the elevator mechanism for this attraction. And they went to a recently opened 50 story uh, elevator 
the shaft that they had mm-hmm. they had built for some high rise um and they kind of just like talked about logistics and then they got went up to the top and then said take this thing down the fastest it can go <laughs> and uh there was reticence about that you sure okay well let's give it a shot and then they did and they didn't feel anything mm-hmm. they didn't even have like any heart drop and they were like that's really the fastest so yeah it pretty much is and that's when they realized oh, we can't just rely on what elevators already do we have to pioneer new elevator technology if we actually want people to be weightless or really feel something right um but that is a funny thing that a real elevator company built this to do as is said in the imagineering story the opposite of what elevators are supposed to do yes and i think in the imagineering story they're talking about like the people at the elevator company were like freaked out a little bit yeah like we have to do the wrong thing (laughs) we make this go the right way we make it make it do (laughs) the right thing and now we have to make it do the wrong thing yeah yeah very strange um the other thing that the moving through i mean i guess in a way the spoiler the end of rise of the resistance is sort of like a, yes. a mini version of this and that you're in a vehicle that moves into a another little cage that drops uh it, it, it's sort of similar but this sort of is is it the is it the first trackless ride vehicle that little sequence because it's it's move you're moving along a wire huh. that is guiding you right that's a good question one, one end of that fifth floor to the other the the the, the, the fifth dimension maybe i'm not sure that's a good question hmm. i i don't think i ever realized those uh, autonomous guided vehicles like they have batteries Mm-hmm. The batteries have to recharge in between, like, goes. Like, as you are getting off or getting loaded, like, they are charging the batteries. Yeah, it's... the t- I don't... I mean, I don't understand a lot of mechanics and technology, but I truly yeah. can't wrap your head around all the moving parts of something like this. Yeah, which... So, I mean, that, like... I don't have anything, um, you know, intelligent to say here mm-hmm. uh, about my experience finally going on this, other than holy shit i like I, like waiting so long and then not doing it till last year i don't think i'd, I'd ever seen a video of how the fifth dimension were I, I think i'd saved it uh to, to try to be brave and do in person um yeah it's jaw drop and i th- I feel like we were we got lucky we were in a group last year that where i felt like a lot of them hadn't done it either it was mm-hmm. like getting applause and gasps the way that uh, yeah. you know various rooms in rise of the resistance do and certainly from me and that boy that like split of that neon light mm. when you enter into that final that is so haunting that is a like such a, a stirring moment that i feel like ended up in my actual dreams that is that is so affecting and crazy yeah it's yeah that that moment i'm trying to think if that's like yeah like that's the most like stark I mean, probably like it's such a I don't know why it's such just like a simple that's such a simple effect. And for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. sticks out so strongly. Yeah, there's almost. Yeah, there's like nothing happening. Right. A door opens with a neon light that just sort of slowly appears. And yet it's so much like more minimalist and scary than a lot of what's in any other Disney attractions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I wa- Did you guys watch any Twilight Zone episodes to get ready for this? No, not really. Okay, uh, <laughs> I, I was, um, I watched the Nick of Time, which is one of the Shatner ones, uh-huh. be- uh, because that's one of the Easter eggs. The the for- little devil fortune telling device, right, is in the queue. And uh, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen this one before. And as I'm watching it, I'm slowly dawning on me, like, 
Oh, this one is uh, bad. <laughs> uh, this one is not good. It's just like I think William Shatter's character just is obsessive compulsive. Like there, it it is in the way that at twenty the terror at twenty thousand feet he is right at the end. This one is just mm-hmm. like oh, this guy's just a worry wart. This I don't know the lesson. Uh, I, and I think they just put this in the queue because the prop is distinctive. But uh, it's a good life. I watched the first few minutes of, and that is unsettling immediately. Which the kid well, with so, the powers? Yeah, like, that's it, that's the one that the Rod Serling intro in the ride is pulled from. Right. Yes, which is another thing that never dawned on me. And it it so much of it is in that episode in his introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says that like they cut. It, in, in the episode, he's in front of a map of the United States, not in front mm. of a, an elevator bank. And the line I have, oh, ten, tonight's story on the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is then in the ride, they cut that off and they show you ride stuff. And I don't think you ever see Serling again. Um, but in the yeah, in the episode, it's a good life. Then he, he, he it's actually kind of convoluted. You're like, why are you showing America? And then they end mm. up with a boy who <laughs> yeah. has mind powers and can control <laughs> people's thoughts as parodied on The Simpsons. It is one of the ones of The Simpsons parodied. Um, yes. And you know what's another weird thing about It's a Good Life uh, it was. It's one of the four that is in Twilight Zone, the movie, and it's directed by Joe Dante, director of Gremlins, who directed the pre-show video for Tower of Terror. Yes, that's cool yeah. and crazy. Yeah, has a lot of theme park movie credits to his name. Uh, I feel like has he done other ride stuff? Yeah, what is? Well, he did that uh, Haunted Lighthouse uh, 4D that I am like. Uh, very much want to know more about the Christopher Lloyd thing that will play at Bush Gardens and SeaWorld. I feel like there was another ride thing he directed that's I'm blanking on right now. But huh. like was was a guy yeah, did did the Tower of Terror probably the most notable one. Hey everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger IV. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a huge one. Another reference to It's a Good Life. In the hotel lobby, there is a poster promoting the Anthony Fremont Orchestra, which is a pretty good joke because that is the little boy with powers. And in the episode, he hates music. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good little dry thing. Well, yeah. then he would have, you know, he would have really hated that um that little intro to his episode um was sampled in fact that the same one that's used in the ride the somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction is sampled uh on the a song called threatened which is uh, a song by michael jackson the final song on his final album invincible it starts with a little rod serling sample um, another fun th- fact about the song Threatened, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. That entire, you know, you can, and, and there's things that are to, like 
you know, with everything going on, you're like, oh, but I want to retain. I still want to listen to Billie Jean or whatever. No one is fighting for Invincible. <laughs> it's garbage front to back. He rejected Rock Your Body, Timberlake's Rock Your Body. He said no. So that he could do 16 tracks of just like, ah, ooh, uh, uh, give it a try. Put it on, on Spotify and see if you uh, disagree with mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not going to disagree with this. Yeah, I'm not going to fight you on that one. <laughs> that was a challenge to anyone. Anyone, if you like the song Threatened and you feel threatened by my dislike of Threatened, <laughs> then uh, I don't know the end of this sentence. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what. Do we do. know? I don't know. Do we know Michael Jackson rode Tower of Terror? Hmm. Did he do a Disney World trip? When it was out, we know that he went to Fantasyland to go on the Michael Jackson his own ride. ride yes. Uh, yeah, um, feels like he must. Yeah, did he get the idea? Did he say like, "I want this to"? Yeah, that's my question. Want this to like the tower, tower. right? <laughs> uh, I don't see. I just searched his name in the ride, and it, nothing popped up picture wise. So who knows? We'll have to dig so deep. We on can't. That. We, though there are many photos of people on this attraction. Um, do you guys have have good photos of you on this? Do you have childhood photos of you up at the top? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think we have any childhood photos of. of us doing this i have from recent trips i have some of the cool like videos they've been doing recently yes this was the first ride at walt disney world that had on-ride videos offered Mm -hmm. uh, to purchase they have a fully Um, like they put you in fully in like an edited video of like with shots of like the whole tower and then the thing crashing but then inside they cut to like uh an actual yeah, actual video of the of the whole cabin thing going up and down, and it's like kind of in slow motion. It's pretty cool. Wow. Do we do? We don't have the video of us. On we don't it, have do a video of us because I did not have a premiere pass at the time, which allowed me to have full photo pass privileges. That right. came with because you at one point had the the pass that works for both right. parks because you went to both with when I like West Coast Andes right when we were planning our first Florida trip I crunched some numbers and I figured out that if I upgraded <laughs> the annual pass to a premier pass I don't think it makes sense anymore money wise but at the time it was actually the kind of reasonable and I was like actually if you just put the money we're going to spend on the tickets into the premier pass we can get the premier pass and get uh, more perks and that was part of it yeah jeez. Like your videos. My, mm-hmm. my family did that in uh, when we were in the vacation club. We went like back like two years in a row. And I think we went in August and we knew we'd back the next year, maybe more likely June or July. And it was just like, oh, it's let's just get annual passes. Like this is cheaper than buying like, you know, multiple sets of five day passes yeah. or seven day passes or whatever. And you just feel like a king. You feel like... You can go. Yeah. Part of it, you know, having an annual pass to Florida, you're like, well, maybe we'll go next weekend. I mean, you don't, but you do feel like you have some freedom. There's a freedom in knowing well, you could do that. Well, also in the 90s, they had a lot more aggressive ticketing offers, mm-hmm. which came back after 9-11 and are um, somewhat back right now. Although we are not <laughs> advising you to necessarily uh, rush out and do it. But I believe Universal yeah, currently has a buy two days, get three days for free, which is not usually how economics works. Yikes. They're doing like Good six. Fla- that's like six flag offer where it's like, yeah, uh, walk by the entrance and get a year free. <laughs> wave at <laughs> wave at a Valencia teen and get a free year of admission. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> be, yeah, within five miles of the park, and it'll just automatically be on your driver's mm-hmm. license. You just, like, scan it, mm-hmm. and then you get into six That's miles. right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, oh, that boy. might be coming back across the board after the pandemic is over at all the theme parks um we've talked about the uh the the rod serling intro and we're maybe jumping all 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 around a little bit but but uh you know that's really fantastic i also just want to give it the credit of i I feel like i they're from the same year and i associate that video piece with forrest gump in that the idea Mm. of pulling somebody from old footage was the most difficult thing in the world to do it was like such a magic trick at the time and i think we take it for granted now um and of course if you do visual effects or anything you know like rotoscoping is really difficult like they had to cut him out frame by frame which he's standing still so that helps you but if you watch the that's what would surprise me when i watched the real footage that they pulled it from that he was like in front of a totally different background and they they married it seem it's not like he was like in front of a green screen where they could just put something different behind him right to really like work that Um, yeah and the impression's very good too that's very yes and that guy uh, which i have his name written down here somewhere he does the he does a rod sterling voice on the new twilight zone oh um, yeah, when he like, because he in the the one that just came out. Yes. Oh right, yes, because there's like a this weird appearance, mm-hmm. of, yeah. and that's so him. He's back. And shouldn't spoiler it. I, his name. Oh, God, I have his name somewhere here. It's Ben. I think it's, it's Ben fine. something. Yes. He, he, he has a name. He has a, a person. I'm sorry name if you're listening. <laughs> you can look it up. Joe Dante, the man who the name of the man who directed the intro. The rest of the intro is great too. That whole so this whole story of oh this is here this is something I wanted to talk about. Jason, you brought up like what is the lesson? You had a problem with like what's the Twilight Zone lesson of that that one Shatner one? So with this, um, five people get in an elevator. There's a movie star and her kind of also Hollywood. Uh, Bo, I don't know what he he does exactly. Um, there's a, a move like a, a little kid actress like Shirley Temple and and her uh, caretaker or nanny or something and a bellhop. And these five get into an elevator Halloween night, uh, 1939, and it is struck by lightning and they end up in the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the lesson? <laughs> what's the what's the Twilight Zone? But remember. Yeah. Well, don't do well now uh, the lesson for us is uh next time you check into a deserted hotel on the dark side of hollywood make sure you know what kind of vacancy you're filling uh but i don't know what lesson those people are supposed to get yeah I, it seems like it's not their fault in any way no it i don't think they that was yeah they were not at fault i some i've been some twilight zones supposedly don't really have a strong like lesson the yeah. famous ones yeah, the I think inv- do, but sometimes the it's just invaders, a kooky adventure, you know? a kooky, supernatural, scary adventure, which I guess is sure. what this is. But Rod Serling yeah, certainly presents it as if we're supposed to learn something by the end of this. It's got that judgy. Yes, tone. exactly. He's judging five people who dared to like think that an they put a woman work like normal. She wore a fancy fur coat. And is and like you're trying you like uh, I don't is know that is why? that it? Is she is an it, animal killer? Is it about fame? Is it like they came to Hollywood with big dreams and they sold out? Like they they only did commercials and they didn't do f- 
uh, authentic film and make points <laughs> about the world. The, the medium forward. Right. They just, they were, it was very uh, basic. Their ba- ideas about film and culture were basic. Did the bellhop uh, steal from the customers of the hotel? Mm. Did he like take luggage? Did he pull schemes that way? Maybe was he being punished? Mm, perhaps, yeah. It's it's unclear. Yeah. I think it's kind of a choose your own adventure. Who's who you think is at fault and what they need to learn and what we? Why are we caught up in it? Why do we have to be are, punished? Yeah, I know. For their non-crimes, <sighs> yeah, these people got in an elevator and then it fell, and now you're gonna fall. Mm-hmm. I think is it about not doing your research? Maybe that's to tie together Jason's uh, point. <laughs> is it like you got to do your travelocity? You have to like read the reviews. So this is on you for not reading the reviews of the Hollywood Terror right. Hotel that, that say don't stay here. It hasn't been open since 1939. And and maybe it's actually a larger point. Because I'm sure Disney gets a lot of people complaining about lines and when do they go and they don't know what the ticket situation is and what is a fast pass and where do you get it. And I'm sure Disney is so annoyed because it's just like, look it up, do your research. And they made the Tower of Terror to say, we're going to pull this is what should happen to you who don't research. You should go and complain. You'll become ghosts. We could do that to you if we wanted. So learn your lesson. When did we the Hayes drop code? our regular elevators? You could have real elevator mishaps <laughs> mm-hmm. in the Swan or the Dolphin, but instead we're going to teach you this one. Right. When did the Hayes Code take effect? Could these be decadent pre-Hayes Code Hollywood denizens? You know the 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 code that the government like man the the studios agreed to abide by to not have like. A woman sitting on a bed with her foot off the ground. <laughs> hmm. Two people well, I'm, smiling at I'm each still other. Against, like all those I'm codes. still against a woman sitting on a bed in a movie. Mike, or, you are or, a big yeah. proponent to bring back the Hayes Code. Yeah. Uh, bring Amp up the Hayes Code. Yeah. Uh, Separate beds. Why you're an I Love Lucy fan. Yes. Yes, that is that is the main reason. Uh yeah, I, maybe were they? This would have been too early. Or they aren't communists. Are that's they? what I was just about to say. Is it is a chance that <laughs> yeah. the five of them were communists and they were being punished for it? I wonder is there Which, is there a secret lesson that the Imagineers know but we don't know and they just never said. Hmm. Where like and it was maybe even like shot in some regard, and then they decided like, well, you know, you're you're not going to be in that room for too long, so let's just kind of have it be a random horror event right and we don't want to like offend somebody who might actually fall into whatever these five people are doing yeah they don't and they don't want to like if 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 the backstory is that it's the problem was with with the movie star and the guy that like they are going up to the to a room to have sex before marriage (laughs) and that is why everyone is punished right and they they decided well do we really want to like lay that guilt trip on anyone living in sin who might be going on this ride right. we don't want anyone living in sin to go on the ride but it might happen right and they knew that the subtext would be there and you could you could kind of understand it yeah. maybe just without without having it as a conscious thought in your own head so and there are consequences for the other hotel guests the people who had to abandon their mahjong game in the lobby the guy who uh in the opening special they're like look someone got here from a colder climate put their overcoat down, got their hotel key, got their newspaper, 
and it's just left here. So uh, I'm assuming everyone evacuated when it was struck by lightning, and that's why they left all their stuff. You know, um, I saw a lot about this mahjong game, and of course, my first question, Jason, is: Were you a mahjong kid? No, I. That is, I, I don't know how to play mahjong. I don't know how to play backgammon or bridge, and. <sighs> That's As my heart. Who, my heart broke it, each time you said each of those games. I know. Because at know. least bridge, I was like, "Come on, bridge!" And then it was not. You didn't play bridge. As someone who likes old timey bullshit, like I, it is shocking that I have not learned those things. We should learn how to play during quarantine. <laughs> That's a perfect time to learn. Can we play like That's, online yeah. bridge? You need four. Uh, we'll have to. Can we teach the sector keeper? <laughs> to play bridge yeah I'm sure. I, I feel like i that is a fact i know but i could be wrong maybe you need minimum four but you can play more with bridge we got to figure this out i'm if not play sure. online bridge <laughs> I, I was a big moncala kid i liked moncala where you put the stones yeah. in the little divots we played moncala um, the stones yeah i played monk are we we're all moncala kids yeah <laughs> wow that may is that the new tagline for the podcast <laughs> three moncala kids three moncala kids yeah. three grown moncala kids right <laughs> maybe it's pretty we'll roll it around in our heads here whoa three grown moncala kids i'm wow in. screw these other podcasts i'm never listening to comedy bang bang again yeah i'm hanging out with these moncala, moncala guys week kids. after week we truly become oh. a juggernaut and of, of podcasting and dubai flies us out after that after there we explode we yeah uh, maybe it's like Go, which I don't know how to play either. The Japanese, the white, the white black uh, pebbles that you turn over. You're mm. trying to get the whole board. Uh, is apparently they say maybe even more complex than chess. Hmm. Um, but uh, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to learn all these games. Yeah, uh, Mark Mark Silverman is Mark Silverman. Is Rod Serling's yes. voice. All, you're like I think it's Ben something. I thought I, I think I was thinking Ben Silverman, the NBC, former NBC executive. Why do we all know that? Why do we all know that Ben Silverman? I don't know. Oh, too mired, and we were warped by Disney MGM Studios. Now we know who executives are. Um, well, and Robert and Robert least, Evans, I think also. Robert yeah, Evans. <laughs> you bet we do. Um, there's in in trying to conjure backstories well they heard okay we haven't talked about this that and when we certainly we're not going to because if you can imagine i think this is a topic to cover in a uh, to divide off in a separate uh um cast the fright down the road um there is the film we haven't acknowledged the made for tv movie with kirsten dunst and steve gutenberg which now those those two play characters who are not in the ride but they are exploring as far as i know the legend of these five who this mishap happens to. And I think because of the movie, uh, there's enough information to cobble together, at least their names. Um, Carolyn Crisson, that's the movie star, played by Melora Hardin in the oh. um, uh, in, in the fil- uh, film. Uh, Gilbert London is the movie star. Dewey Todd, <laughs> Dewey Todd, great name, wow. is the, uh, the bellhop. Sally Shine is the little kid actress, and uh, the nanny is Emmeline Partridge. Um, now, you might in the movie learn why they deserved to fall down in the elevator. <laughs> Maybe you discover they're all... Uh, you know, living in various kinds of sin and bad people, and it uh, it had to happen. Um, but I don't know. I we'll we'll watch. We the will film, get I there. Think, yeah, the we have to do that. Yeah, uh, but 
the the I'm uh, sorry the 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 uh, Disney .fandom .com has a little breakdown of all of these characters. I think based more on what happens in the movie, and uh, that leads to this trivia section for all of the characters. And I clicked on this, um, and this is I think some really fun trivia that I learned about these characters. Uh, Sally is very clearly modeled after real-life child actress Shirley Temple. This might be an indication that Sally's life as a child actress was particularly hellish, <laughs> given the amount of atrocities directed at the real-life <laughs> Temple during her time in the spotlight. <laughs> what? What? Like, just because she's in, like, a dress and has curls, that means that her life was hellish? That's a kind of a leap. Mm, you, you mean the actual, you actually mean Shirley Temple or this actress? Well, no, I know things happen to Shirley Temple, but why does it then follow that Sally Shine had a hellish mm -hmm. life? <laughs> I guess. And then. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that is the assumption that any, especially back then, any child actor probably had just an awful time of it. Which I mean, probably. Yeah, you you would have to assume, but I just like that that is pulled from one shot of a girl <laughs> moving from a desk to an elevator. Well, her life must have been hellish. She must have been starved and made to work for forty eight hours in a row, <laughs> and fed a diet of meth, sheep sperm, and monkey gonads. <laughs> <laughs> um. Additionally, then on the other page for Emmeline Partridge, the nanny, uh, Sally Shine being made to resemble Shirley Temple could be an indication that Emmeline was somewhat abusive regarding Sally's career and operations, given the tragedy. Like, so now we're judging the the nanny, like the nanny beat up Sally or like was going to throw her out of the out of the hotel window. Look, where is this fun was... trivia coming from? I don't get it. It was still a few decades before the Eddie Munster law took effect, you know, before they got, you know, a little more protection the child for the child actors. Was it? It's wait. It's not Eddie Munster though. It's um, isn't it Jackie Coogan who was uh, Fester? Was it Fester? I know. There's the. I, I know Jackie Coogan was a advocate be. for child uh, set safety. The Jackie Coogan law ensures the financial oh, well-being of child actors by mandating their employer set aside 15% of the child actor's gross earnings in a Coogan trust account where it can be monitored. I got my spooky shows mixed up. I would love got if there was an Eddie Munster law, though. Is there a different law you're thinking of that Eddie Munster, the character from the Munsters, <laughs> enacted? Maybe there was an episode where he went to, like, he went to the local government and he got something like uh, more, like, uh, dragons are now legal in everyone's house or something. Oh, sure. So it was a zoning issue. He made it uh, illegal to discriminate in a workplace against people with the uh, werewolf widow's peaks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can't fire somebody just because they have a pointy haircut. Uh, by the way, Al Lewis has been coming up a lot, who played Grandpa on the Munsters. Uh, Al Lewis happening. was 42 years old on the Munsters. <laughs> Yes, I looked it up. It. I was watching an old an interview with him, and I was like, "Huh, he's still in the 2000s. He's alive. Hey, he wasn't a grandpa age." And then I looked it up, and it was 42, and I was like, "Oh my god!" As a kid, I thought he was like, it's, "Oh, he's this is a 70 year old man." Anyway, and now he's yeah. uh, now his memory lives on when. Uh, Giuliani goes to a hairstylist. <laughs> Make me look like this. <laughs> Give me the Al Lewis. G give me a haircut. 
Uh, <laughs> um, so we'll we'll explore these characters when we when we watch the film. My condolences to Sally Shine for her hellish life, according to yeah. this unpaid fandom dot com writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the videos neat, and then you and then of course you go up into the shaft and you see them all float away and disappear into the fifth dimension. That's a really, if you watch that video, how the Tower of Terror works, that breaks down kind of the schematic of where the mirrors are, where the Pepper's ghost happens. Um, I don't think I realized that, you know, you're looking down this hallway and then it all disappears and becomes stars and just a floating door. And that the full setup there is... There are real walls. It's all actually there, but it's a scrim so that you can fade it down. And once there's no lighting, you can see right through it. The The characters, your Sally Shines at all, are all down below. Like there's a mirror bouncing from, from below uh, your point of view in the shaft. And then it's a rear projection making the door. It's like all of these you know classic theater tricks all working in tandem yeah it's crazy how, yeah. how a lot of that stuff even on newer rides it's like oh yeah these are the old tricks these are just the old tricks like and maybe maybe slightly upgraded but like mostly just the same fun stuff that always works right? the theory right, yeah the theory is always scrim. there uh scrim stuff scrim stuff uh, that's sh- scrim stuff <laughs> uh i was just gonna say the scrim on uh, the, the not scary farm uh scrim at the end of one of the mazes where you'd be walking down like a normal ho- like hospital hallway and then the lights would flicker and then the scrim would change and you'd be looking at hell it would have changed, like the walls you could see through and it was hell with a giant demon yeah. like that's cool as yeah hell. very cool cool as hell I yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just walked into that um what if we what are, what are details we haven't um i got a about? S- i got a sally shine thing uh mm-hmm. Because she came up, of course, one of the little Easter eggs in there kind of connects, uh, mentioned elsewhere in the ride, uh, Sally Shine has a little stuffed Mickey Mouse. And that is the, like, there's hidden Mickeys throughout the ride. But the thing, I I don't know, I, I must have seen this before, but not processed the implications. In the library, where you can find a number of Easter eggs, there's a piece of sheet music. And... This uh, is was an actual song from the time period, uh, but the and the full title of the song I'm gonna read it in how I think it's supposed to be said. The sheet music is called "What No Mickey Mouse." What kind of party is this? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I mean, that's people just used to call songs very long sentences or like. My beloved, I, I, my dearest, that sort of thing. But I, uh, the presence of that sheet music of the the Tower of Terror, just imagining a Hollywood lush walking into this hotel after it had been struck by lightning going, what kind of party is this? Like, it's such a dark joke. <laughs> uh, is there a way to get our hands on the sheet music and try to do a cover of this without hearing any actual recorded oh wow it. that's a great idea oh is yeah. that possible i don't know um that might require like somebody needs to have photographed that really well yeah the the full lyrics do exist i'm back on disney.fandom.com oh. really the unofficial sponsor of this episode um the when 
when Noah planned his famous... I'll try, I'll try to make up a melody. When Noah planned his famous ark, he knew just what to do. He searched until he found a park and walked off with the zoo. With lions, tigers, monkeys, donkeys, he sailed the ocean wide. And when he lined them up on deck, t'was then some cuckoo cried. <laughs> what? No Mickey Mouse? What kind of a party is this? <laughs> <laughs> well that's the official the melody world? i think that's the official melody now that's probably yeah. it yeah yeah uh, uh they call it <laughs> then later vote for mickey mouse let's make him our next president <laughs> to, well, to congress he's sure to say meow meow okay how dry i am have one on me <laughs> What the fuck is this song talking yeah, about? Mickey Mouse used to tie one off in the 30s a lot more. Huh. And say meow meow. Tie one on? Yeah. Meow meow I'm meow. Sure. Why meow, say meow. meow. And then he'll cry, give me the facts, give me my axe, I'll cut your tax. He'll show us all what can be done when he's in Washington. <laughs> so this is this starts as a song about Noah, the Ark, and the zoo, and what kind of a party is it without Mickey Mouse, and then becomes about how we have to elect Mickey president, huh. during which they call him Bolsheviki. <laughs> I don't know. The strangest song in history. I mean, I'll look, I'll elect Mickey as president right now. It wasn't my first choice in the primary, but... Certainly better, than, certainly better than what we have. Look, look, Jack, look, me and me and Pluto and the boys uh, hanging out down tune down docks, and then big old Pete was after me and uh, Clarabelle. I'm trying to think. I is there? There's got to be like a quirkier characters that I'm forgetting here that I could uh, reference Mortim for this joke to be better. Mortimer. <laughs> Mortimer. <laughs> Fresh M boy Mortimer, <laughs> M M dog, Seabell. We used to go down to Started. the old swimming hole, <laughs> play with the nickels. Look, you Donald, <laughs> Donald, if you if you don't vote for me, you ain't a duck, man. <laughs> there, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh God! Look, we're vote. We're voting for him. Don't worry. Yeah, we're, we're voting. Doing it just because we make fun of it doesn't mean we're not. Stop it! You don't yell Mickey, at us. We're voting for Mickey. <laughs> we're voting for Mickey, of course. <laughs> they also this song then was covered in 1970. They did a new version of it, performed by Phil Harris, the voice of Baloo. And in that one, they updated it and they put in the line, let's give, let's give Nixon's house to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> the, Phil Harris, in a song, proposes ousting Nixon and putting Mickey Mouse in there, which truly could anyone have any uh, objection to that. In 1970, how much like atrocity could have been avoided? What a national... Hey, I mean, the whole fabric of the country could be different if we'd all listen to Phil Harris. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, if you look up Phil Harris's famous album, The South Will Rise Again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's, real, that's a real. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait, you told us that. <laughs> Sorry one. to break yeah. that to everyone. That... <laughs> oh, no. All right. Don't always listen to Phil yeah. Harris. <laughs> Just no. about. We got it. And you said always listen to Phil Harris. No, we got we it. Heard it. Oh, I have a sound bite. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Whatever uh, Lincoln project uh, within our show <laughs> is uh, 
Well, they the Mickey they... Project to oust Scott Gardner from <laughs> Podcast the Ride. <laughs> the Mickey Project. <laughs> the animatronic. Well, Mickey... No, no, no. The animatronic Lincoln Project. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, they the they spent Lincoln ten project. million uh, rotoscoping footage of Phil Harris to dab. So. Uh... <laughs> Uh, um, well, we're all right. Cover of this song coming. Cover of this that. song. Oh my but god! What a sidetrack. There's <laughs> funny little. I mean, they're the most kind of the more infamous like little dark jokes. Uh, the the pin board with the letters in the lobby for a long time. You know, the letters that you just like push into black felt for a long time. That said, uh, at the very bottom, it said evil tower. And after nine 11, they took out evil tower. Uh, oh. <laughs> they replaced it. <laughs> really? I think, I think now it says you are doomed a uh, little more, a little more generic, but yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Good. Probably a good call. <laughs> probably a good call. Oh, the person who realized that the person who was like, checking the ride and then went oh uh uh oh yeah um wow wild i i'll this is less dark i i don't have much information about this fact but michael eisner maybe you guys do michael eisner suggested maybe we could make it a real hotel yeah cool which i love <laughs> the idea of that but yeah. i think logistically that was a big pain in the ass yeah, he was right he, he, that would come to pass. Hotel built into theme park, California Adventure, Disneyland Paris, Tokyo Disney Sea. Like, well, it, it did happen. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we've talked about this before on the show. I don't I, like, and Star Wars is doing this, of course, but the fully themed hotel seems like it's just a money printing machine. Like a full, like spooky Tower of Terror hotel would be like sold out before every other hotel if it was themed as well as like the lobby of tower of terror absolutely maybe now they can just do like a suite they just put in like one room that's a like really lavish experience because i don't think at this point you can fit rooms into that structure no it might be too late i think it's too late um they of course at least rumor wise we're talking about putting a like a tower of terror bar lounge which is you know a fantastic cool. idea and i'm shocked that they didn't do it because like yeah I, all all people as we've said before all people want to do is hang out and linger in these areas and environments longer you just want to yeah, la- yeah. you want it to last a little bit longer being in this vibe being in a vibe of a ride you like um yeah if they could get it at the top somehow also. well although then you have to build a real yeah that doesn't malfunction yes there would have to be regular i mean the idea that you could stay in a hotel and if you if you stayed at like the top floor you'd probably have to pay the most money but then you could take the elevator down like you could take the ride down to start your day every day would be the greatest thing <laughs> he I, I looked this up in eisner's book um, and he did want it to like not only to have a real uh, hotel surrounding it, but that you the ride would drop into the lobby. So like where people actually checked in, people are like landing and screaming. This was definitely what he wanted. That's great. He yeah. also I don't think we've talked about this on the show. Um, he there's something that he cites a lot, and in this case, he says, "Well, it's you know it's kind of I always try to go for the craziest idea, kind of like the Mickey Mouse Hotel." 
Um, there's a story that he tells as an example of this is the kind of out of the box thinking I wanted to bring to the Disney company. The area where um, the animation building is now in Burbank, uh, where there's a big sorcerer's hat that was undeveloped at the time. And when he got to Disney, he proposed building a huge hotel that is Mickey Mouse. Like it's a giant 200 foot tall Mickey and you could live in his arm, <laughs> in his uh, foot. I mean, I guess in his oh. crotch, probably. I mean, it's all on the table. Wow, you could live in his seat. You can. <laughs> yeah. Can I? Do you have any seat rooms left? <laughs> the seats. <laughs> the seat room is the non-smoking section, or maybe it's the smoking section. Or it's yeah. Do you want to be? I. How desirable is the seat? Uh, on what, to the general. Was public. there windows in this proposal? Would there be like a window seat? room like where you could like so then mickey is just like full of holes. that's what i imagine what i'm getting yeah at. it doesn't seem like it seemed like it would be like the star wars hotel where it's like there's not really windows maybe there was like screens inside to simulate like cartoon land outside right right well uh, you black out the windows and any touches of black so like his legs or like around his hand you put the windows on the the black uh colors huh <laughs> it's so insane it's like how it's like dr evil being in a big statue of dr evil yes it is yes it, it feels like yeah like you it would come to life then it would get like cursed or like the ghostbusters would get that plasma and use it to bring mickey to life like at the in a ghostbusters 2 yeah with the statue of liberty like that would be well that's <laughs> You know, that was done, you know, to, to like bring good vibes to New York. Mm -hmm. And I think good vibes are needed everywhere right now. And if only if only a 200 foot tall Mickey Mouse could walk around yeah. and wave to everybody. Oh, my God. Yes. That would do a lot. Well, that would fix it. Well, Jackie Wilson. Oh. Well, Jackie Wilson played. Your love. And he could. <laughs> your love. You're lifting me higher. <laughs> he could pick up the old tail of the pup building. The old hot, big hot dog. Oh, um, and eat it? Take yeah, and maybe take a big bite out of it. Oh, uh, wow, that would be great. That would be the moment be. that would bring America back together. Um, if Newsom's not going to open the parks, he needs to devote, I'd say, 60% of the state's budget to making a giant... Really, a Gundam. Yes, that Gundam that they size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've seen the tests of that. Yes. <laughs> we need to do that, but for Mickey. Yeah. I think that's And right. I want to pay for it with my taxes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Insist. Um, yeah. So, oh, what was I thinking? I've lost my tra complete train of thought thinking, uh, fantasizing oh, about. We're talking about a Mickey Fantasizing about yeah. giant Mickey and being able to wave at him and live in his seat. <laughs> um, we, we could talk about uh, the, the uh, what changed in the in the DCA uh, uh, or, or the the opening of that. Um, yeah, not to you know we could circle back to any details yeah, we yeah. missed of the other one. Um, but this is where when I was talking about Geyser Mountain forever ago, this sort of grew out of some proto Geyser Mountain pitch in the late '80s. Apparently, 
they were Disneyland was getting close to doing Geyser Mountain rather than the Tower of Terror. Like it was, we were going to get a totally different version, and it was going to be in that zone that is now Galaxy's Edge, as Mike said. Um, and they were maybe honing in on a plan to do that. And then California Adventure opened, and it was a disaster, and they needed to bail it out as quickly as possible. So this idea was vacated from Frontierland, and they. Uh, I, I remember how quick it felt, like. The DCA was only open for a little bit, and then it was like, all right, screw it, Tower of Terror. Like, take that parking lot out. It's uh, it's becoming a Tower of Terror. Yeah. ASAP. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very reminiscent, I feel like, of the story they tell about pirates in Disney World, where it's like, they're going to build a Western River Expedition or whatever, and then it's like, people are mad. Oh, wait, uh, just throw pirates in, and it's going to be less good. Yeah. It's like the yeah. same kind of panic, panic move with a, like a less good version of the thing people like. I heard this other interesting point of view about what makes the um, the, the Disneyland and, and the Paris ones a little lesser, which is that by the you know the, the show the the queue basically every, everything happens out in front of the tower and then the tower is uh, uh, wait am I am I getting this wrong oh I'm sorry okay the fact that the show scenes are in the back in Florida allows the tower to be the furthest, like the closest thing to you, the guest looking up at the tower thinking, should I go on this ride or not? So it kind of seems taller. You can get closer to the big scary part and it really looms over you. Whereas it's all set back in the California and Paris ones because the queue is up in the front. Right. Uh, um, That's that all. That seems a little obscure. Like, I don't know how much damage that really does. But I guess it's, I guess it is true. It does make the building less imposing. Yeah. I mean, the Florida, Florida's being set back, seemingly like feeling like it's on a hill. You got to walk up a little bit and immediately, it immediately sets the mood in a much better way than the one did in California because California, you just turn a corner and it's right there and they did a better job when they revamped California Adventure with the red car trolley to make it sort of feel period appropriate, but it's still just like sitting there and yeah, it just doesn't have the magic, especially like at night in Florida when you see it, it's on, it feels so set back in the way that like Frankenstein's castle feels or any sort of scary building in a movie or something like it's just so much better. It just it and it immediately starts the vibe. I feel like. When you get yeah. the Sunset Boulevard ramp up, similar to Radiator Springs being set at the end of that whole yes. drag of, of yes, Radiator exactly. Um, um Yeah, it's like you have like a it's like a queue before the queue a little bit. So you're really ready to do it once right. you're actually in the and ride. If you're like when I was a kid and like you don't know what it is at all other than, you know, you drop and it's scary, like walking up to something makes it feel I don't know, for whatever reason, it just makes it feel. Uh, more intimidating just the way that 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 it's set like that um right so yeah i mean they obviously had not much of a choice to really they just were like we got to dump it somewhere so let's yeah i think so and and, yeah and that space made sense and they're tying it all together and it's going to end up tying into marvel too even though they've they've done this odd kind of out of place retheming of it for now um the uh I guess the what was my other uh, point about it? I oh I think the the other thing 
uh, by dropping that fifth dimension thing, the capacity increases a lot. Right. Um, yeah. Like the least reliable part of the ride is gone, and there's three uh, drop towers instead of. Wait, just wait. No, there's two in Florida, correct? There's two in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I so it's okay. It's four, four things to get you in the back of the building. Four yeah. shafts to get you up to the fifth dimension. There's two fifth dimensions. Two fifth dimensions on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Those two go into no. Wait, go. It all feeds into one. It all it it slowly kind of narrows down. There's crazy blueprints too, of like, and so the elevator's going to leave the shaft and go through the lobby, then go through the boiler. Like, there's crazy blueprints for like they because I think that's why the lobby is so good. Like you said, Eisner wanted it to end in the lobby. The lobby is so detailed because it might have at some point in time be considered to be a show scene. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, um, you know what it is? It's like brackets is what it is. Four narrowed down to two. Really yeah. think of it as brackets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then the California, it's three shafts with six different places to enter with two levels. So that they can load. Yeah, you're either up top or up or, or down on the bottom and you can load at either one of those so they can have a car ready for the tower uh, while the other one's doing it. Right. And there's only this is. I I was confused up until like a year or two ago when it was like, yeah, you also like kind of load into a vehicle on the tower out here. I didn't I didn't realize yes. that because yeah. I one time I go, oh, I see now where like the mechanism like hooks to pull you forward once you're done with the ride. And then you, you when you push out from the exit, you get loaded into this little box and that little box or that cube. Excuse me. The cube. It's the cube. There's the three cubes. So. That cube is always working, but the cube changes. Like it goes up and down to go back and forth between the levels. That's the most confusing way I could have said that. But the cube is always working. The cube is always, cube working, is always working, but the little cars are not always working. They're alternating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, this is there's, why, look, you listen to the show for the jokes, not for the, you know, you can watch your detailed explanations yeah, on YouTube, yeah. but in those, you're probably not going to get the jokes. You're not going to get the jokes. And the voices and all that fun the stuff. The cubes and 100 grand bar references. <laughs> Al Lewis talk. No, I've seen Fresh Baked Disney. He doesn't just wander into an Al Lewis discussion. Come on, Fresh Baked. He's alarmingly on top. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Come on. Uh, so, yeah, cubes, folks. Cubes uh, working. There's some fun tricks. There's some fun tricks I, in the California one. Rooms become star feet. Like, there, it's not, I'm not saying it's not cool, but if it had come along first and then the Florida one came along, could you imagine how blown away you would be? Right. As opposed to the other way around, where in one summer... <laughs> When one summer California got abbreviated Tower of Terror and abbreviated Revenge of the Mummy is so funny. Right. Um, Man, dark times, dark times. And of course, yeah. and this we'll save this for the actual Mission Breakout episode, but I California then solved, I feel like, solved a problem we didn't know existed by making the drop sequence more entertaining and a little longer still, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think you can't, because like basically what I'm saying is like w- after Mission Breakout, which I know Mission Breakout is controversial still, which I don't. I'm a big fan. It's like my favorite ride, other than like Big Thunder at the resort. 
Like I have to admit it. I go on it almost every time. If I can go on one ride, it's oftentimes that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's real. I think they did a really great job with it. Um, but the actual ride itself. So when we went in Tokyo's and then we went back to Florida and we, the actual drop sequence basically just happens in the dark with no music and it feels a little underwhelming, but that's not its fault. Mm. I don't want to be negative no. here because it, before I was spoiled with the drop sequence of guardians of the galaxy. There was, I didn't think twice. I didn't think twice about it, but it is randomized now yes. in Florida. Yeah. The yeah. Oh, is it's, randomized. Fun. it's still fun. Um, and then, but yeah, and you get a taste of that at Guardians too, because you don't know what song you're going to get. Yeah. It kind of changes and the footage changes. It almost feels like now that you, now that I've seen the Guardians, you would want something similar with the Twilight Zone where like you stop, you see a weird, creepy scene and you go back up. Like there's, there's something to do there. I don't think you can do that though, especially in F- Florida because there's nothing there's not much in front of you in florida in california they just repurposed the normal tower of terror scenes and areas to be with those have the screens and have the one like control room part oh right yeah there's no scenes in the the tower i guess that is the california innovation Mm -hmm. that along that which makes enables that guardians experience that the doors open and you don't know what you're gonna get in florida the doors only open at the top right because yeah there's just no other spot i don't think there's any depth to those to that area because you're right in front of the no. building no versus there yeah california where yeah you had there was room because that's where the show scenes were in front of the building or in the front of the well, building all the towers bring something to the table and they all like elevate each other and, and raise your expectation for for the others except for france you stink france <laughs> you didn't do you didn't bring jack shit to the table um you you know what france needed uh, a rod starling experience i once had which was ithaca has his archives because he taught there towards the end of his life oh. and every halloween they would do a twilight zone marathon and a number of years they would just use the dvds but one year they used uh original masters like transferred original masters which includes the chesterfield cigarette commercials so you got to see like a, a solemn tobacco farmer in his fields and then a full marching band pops up from the fields and they play a, the chesterfield song and then at the very end of the episode Serling says, and stay tuned next week, and make sure to, while you're watching, enjoy a delicious Chesterfield cigarette, 21 <laughs> kinds of tobacco for 21 wonderful smokes. Uh, and I have tried to find these commercials for years uh, to no avail, but it is so funny that, and because Serling, like in a lot of his intros, like the intro of Nick of Time, he's sitting in a diner booth smoking a cigarette on camera. So you would plus it's up so funny. You would plus up France by giving a cigarette to every rider of the ride. They love cigarettes in <laughs> France, and so I think just put it in there because you know they. Oh, that's the other. That is one because I was wondering what it, do the French like the Twilight Zone? And there's that episode, uh, the occurrence at the Owl Creek. What's the full name? Uh, occur an occurrence at Owl Creek, uh, an adaptation of an Ambrose Beer story. It was a short film that won the best short at Cannes and the Academy Awards. And they, the Twilight Zone people just licensed it for the Twilight Zone. And it is really uh, creepy. So mm. there was a French connection to the Twilight Zone. Interesting. Um, did anyone watch the Kirk Cameron special 
Jason? Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have. It. Do some we have it. another hour? No, uh, I know. We, we can just hit some of the highlights. So they basically like the first part of it is like uh, kayfabe wrestling term for like in universe, like it's a spooky hotel. And then like the second half is imagineering talk and like the actual creation of it. Um, and there's a a couple of things i really i like about it that he he basically like when they're doing the transition he like explains the legend of the tower of terror and then to transition out he explains that disney built a recreation of the hotel (laughs) so like it's like try they were like how do we square this circle it's real but why would it be in a theme park so they're like and he's like so disney built a real version and it's like I, there's no real need for what for this piece of exposition uh and then they go into and then i think pretty quickly we get a little eisner blurb mm. and he basically just he's he's excited about it it's not he doesn't say anything particularly funny but what i like about it is that all of the like lower thirds anyone whose like name pops up on the bottom of the screen uh it gets introduced with a piece of like lightning shooting at it (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it's like it's like crack and then like michael eisner appears on the bottom (laughs) and it's the same with like marty sklar it's like marty sklar on the bottom (laughs) and they're like i love that uh, it's very jumbotron that's that's real stupid yes uh it's not as aggressive probably as the noise i'm making but it there's a an absolute there's a noise and a lightning strike and then michael eisner appears on the bottom of the screen which is exciting uh kirk cameron is like 50 pounds soaking wet in that he is like so tiny and he's like wearing like the stop making sense suit and (laughs) none of his none of his suits fit and they have written him the most flowery like narration dialogue he's not nailing any of it he is he looks like such a dweeb like i wanted to swirly him they're making him do like old-timey dialogue and you know he's doing his he's doing his best uh they should have have had robert evans they should have just hired robert evans to do uh, it (laughs) Or even like a Jerry Orbach type. They teller. should have had an old man do it. Uh, but yeah, Kirk Hammond's a real dweeb. And of course, now he thinks, you know, the hotel is haunted by demons. Uh, now he thinks the real Tower of Terror is the DNC headquarters <laughs> where the Democrats do their <laughs> devil worship. Um, uh, yes. Well, the, he, he likes the story of the people in the elevator just suddenly disappearing because he thinks it's kind of like the rapture. Yeah, they were living mm, in sin. Sinners. <laughs> sinners kissing actors who aren't your wife you can't kiss actors who aren't your wife uh uh my there is a moment in that mike did you catch the moment in the special with the one imagineer talking about drawings uh i probably watched it but i'm not sure what you're which part you're talking about off okay They interview an Imagineer, I forget his name, but he's talking about being in meetings and he's working, like, in the meetings, he's, like, always doodling. And he said a word that I'm like, oh, that might be a new show word. He says, I'm sitting with a sketch pad making roughies. (laughs) I did not pick up on that. (laughs) Roughies! Making roughies! I I rewatched it, like, five times. I had to hear it, make sure I heard it right, make sure I heard him say making roughies. I had never heard roughies before. That's like, that. I feel like that's something you might have said as a child, like you when you were feeling rammy, and then you would make roughies after that. 
You tumbled around too much on the playground. You were making roughies. <laughs> you too. You and your brother. Stop making Stop roughies. Making Stop roughies. making roughies. <laughs> wow, I did not catch. Well, roughies. yeah, we love it's it's a it's a new show word. We love roughies. Um, send us your roughie if you have your uh, if you have any access to exclusive Imagineering roughies. We want to see them. Uh, we'll pay top dollar for your roughies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> listen to that season <laughs> pass podcast behind the paywall with Tony Baxter because he talks a lot about his roughies. Sure. Cash for roughies. Call 1-800. Cash for roughies. <laughs> wow, roughies. Is that is that just like a cute thing that guy said, or is that actually a term? I think it's just a thing. He was he meant like rough sketches, rough, you know, doodles and stuff. But rough I never heard roughies before. Wow. Maybe it was something they said in the office, but it just it just it's, I'll never forget roughies now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very memorable way to say it. We're saying it now. It's we're all saying roughies. They're all saying. We're it. all saying it. You're hearing um, it more and more. <laughs> you're hearing it more and more. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I, I had I had one. Oh wait, actually, as we talk about sitcom stars uh, uh, going into this attraction, I think it's come up before, but I just want to reiterate. I find it very bizarre that both Step by Step and Family Matters. Uh, did Disney World episodes they where they went to the Tower of Terror and it is the same ride operator <laughs> with the same blocking. It is like like two characters. It, like every it, the the uh, uh, elevator is already full. The car is full, and then two characters stop at the door, kind of address whatever plot situation is going on, while a creepy bellhop kind of stares at them, and then he starts the ride and like see you on the other side, and it's the same guy. Um, and that's really weird. But then on top of that, then I was, I found both of these on Hulu and I rewatched them. Um, the episodes are both called we're going to Disney world. (laughs) They have the scenes happen in the middle of part two they were both in the middle Mm -hmm. of, of a two parter. Um, and they aired two days apart from each other. Wow. So if you were a big watcher of both of these shows, as I was, you got to see the same scene at the tower of terror twice in a week wow that's so funny i guess did they maybe shoot it on the same day um yeah maybe the same next like just double back to back maybe next like one day next next day that's like filming the you film the american version and the japanese version immediately well we got the set here the camera's set up right let's just uh knock them out Um, one and two that's funny yeah yeah uh Uh, um you know but you know um, what i'd like to talk about is is um The exit when you when you come down in the Florida Tower of Terror, I forgot about this. Um, you come down in a little room with a with a, a little screen with the kind of famous Twilight Zone, like what do you call it, a spiral or something with the black and white, um, and yeah, the music hypnotic. playing, and you're like you don't end up in the same spot you you started, and which is very cool. Um, and there's a lot of little trinkets and stuff in that little. It feels like you just got dumped in a little room, and then your car spins around to like gets you to the exit. And I didn't realize it until I went on it a couple of years ago that Caesar, the ventriloquist dummy from one of the famous episodes uh, called Caesar and me, who, of course, the dummy yes. is real and the man is fake is the big revelation. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> but Caesar is sitting there in the room and I got so excited to see him and I'm, I like Twilight Zone. I'm not, I didn't know his name was Caesar. I'm just trying to say like, I'm not like, Oh my God, it's Caesar. But I said, Oh my God, it's the dummy. 
And I was very excited because I I'm a big dummy. I'm a big dummy fan. <laughs> yeah. There's dummy two fan. dummy episodes of Twilight Zone. Yes. There's another dummy one too, where I think that dummy is meaner. Okay. Mm-hmm. I maybe I'm actually confusing my dummy episodes. Um, I it think is Caesar in the ride. It is Caesar for sure in the ride, but I can't remember. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking of if I'm mixing up my dummy, and I apologize, folks. I'm just a big fan of dummies, not necessarily <laughs> the Twilight Zone episodes. But I'm, I'm a, right. Uh, so any a Night of the Living Dummy, Goosebumps book, big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the Mystery Science Theater movie Devil Doll? I have not. With a, a creepy, um, uh, the, the dummy's name is Hugo, I believe. And there's something that uh, my wife and I say every time, like like very often when we're drinking wine, which is that, uh, <laughs> which is very often. Would and the uh, that is that the you know the, that is also kind of a possessed dummy, and he wants to uh, have wine. And then the ventriloquist says, "But you can't have." wine hugo you're just a dummy like why well, i want wine i know what wine is <laughs> give me some <laughs> we when we decide we're gonna have wine we really often say i know what wine is <laughs> <laughs> wow so you're you're dummy fans too i guess i am too yeah well you're a um you're a caesar guy i'm a who, who are you guys who are your dummies i'm a i'm a hugo guy myself. jason who's your favorite dummy Oh, well, I, the, um, uh, from, uh, Batman, from Batman, the animated series. Is it Scarface? Is that his name? Oh, Jason, are you talking about the toy I have right here? Yes, that's right. (laughs) Yes. The ventriloquist and his dummy. And Scarface, of course. Yeah. This is one of the greatest toys ever, by the way. That is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny that we all like dummies, considering that we are freaked out by things. And I, I'm so, uh scared of like a uh, creepy baby right things maybe i just maybe i wouldn't like a baby dummy maybe that's the line is there such a thing in media oh my god there has is to there be a baby dummy that would scare me that's a good question i mean do you think caesar is cute from the twilight zone that's a question i have <laughs> i think we like these dummies but i don't think any of us are calling them cute <laughs> hold on let me send a photo to everyone <laughs> i like hugo i don't think hugo is cute okay here we go that doesn't well, mean i don't care here we go him. just so we're all on the same page here's a picture of caesar <laughs> You're, you texted i texted this? it to both of you yeah and then officially yeah. is caesar yeah. cute <laughs> <laughs> uh look i think i'm sorry but like a uh, big thick eyebrows are just kind of kind of get in the way of cute you can look g- uh, good or handsome or sharp i don't know that i would call caesar cute though no hmm. jason yes you think yes i don't know i like i like those cheek the cheekbones with the eyebrows i think are cute and the stogie got a big stogie uh, this is a semantics issue i i think he looks uh, cool <laughs> i like him you, you like went to, to cool be, i think he's cool not cute you guys are crazy i didn't these are the twilight oh, zone dummy I didn't is say, cool I didn't, I didn't rule yet i have not oh. ruled I have just posed the question and I'm just listening to all the different things that I'm going to rule. I'm going to say, I think he looks cool. (laughs) Yes, exactly. He's cool, not cute. It's very clear. I'm glad sometimes there's sanity on these cuteness issues. I just think I'm, look, I'm not trolling. I'm being being fair and balanced. That's a phrase Um, I came up with. 
Well, then, uh, uh, we, you know, we'd, we'd like to know more. Obviously, I love when, uh, you know, creatures are put into my Twitter feed. So if you think you have a, a dummy that's cute, <laughs> if, you th- if you can think of a baby dummy, and I'm not talking a puppet, there's baby puppets. It, it, yeah, it has to be a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, yeah, a baby. <laughs> Do you think that there's a, a ventriloquist equivalent of Baby Grinch or uh, Baby? Alan? I mean, if I look up Baby Dummy, <laughs> well, what about that Baby Navi that we've been bombarded with? That everyone's <laughs> Carly no Wiseau and our various nope. members of our Facebook group are like, I blame you for this. They're getting the <laughs> Etsy ad for like this Navi baby, like those we- like hun- multi hundred dollar like doll babies you can adopt that like crazy people adopt <laughs> do you think um, that's cute uh no 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 i hate the i hate the avatar <laughs> absolutely uh um I, and and I, as i looked up baby ventriloquist dummy there's just I, i'm seeing like a a real child's halloween costume where the, the lines are drawn on his chin and he's got the rouge this i hate i very much <laughs> let's make the rules clear while i do like some ventriloquist dummies a real child as a ventriloquist dummy is not cute this is bad i don't know i will not be making my baby halloween's, halloween's coming year. up <laughs> no 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 he's gonna be truffles uh, he's truffles the all bear. right that is We've cute all right this. but next year yeah uh, i'm seeing that uh, a, a gentleman who's a ventriloquist named paul zerdin has some sort of baby dummy that he uses i don't know anything about the act Mm -hmm. i just see Mm -hmm. a thumbnail that he is working a baby puppet so we'll have to look into that um see what we think of uh paul zerdin um you know i'm watching it it's neither here nor there it's not you know he actually really this this so-called baby could all is just as easily (laughs) be a 95 year old man Mm. um so it's uh uh, I don't know. I think it, I think it doesn't uh, qualify. <laughs> the, oh, and then he later in the same video he does bring up a, an old man immediately after. Okay, all right. Uh, um, I just well, think I think also like and this I again we we we've been talking too long here. I do love old dolls. I I I'm fascinated what? with. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna go with you on that. Like I like, I'm fascinated by of course Robert the evil doll. Well, sure. Uh, who is terrifying? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you. I think Robert is cute, though. I do feel bad for Robert. You know, if if you don't know, this is Robert, and you're he's and he's like the basis, sort of for like the Chucky legend, like the the inspiration for like haunted dolls. I see. Um, and I well, what's an old doll that you think is cute? Well, I'm. I just said I'm a fan of old. I didn't say I think all the old dolls Not are cute. cute I'm just saying I'm. A, okay, if okay. it's an old doll, I like it. <laughs> Scott, are you going to uh, dress your child like uh, we all? I'm assuming we're dressed for picture day in school, like tiny little dolls, <laughs> like boys and girls alike, dressed like tiny fancy little dolls, which was very popular in the '90s. I, I like. am. There's a big. There's a. A picture of me in a full sailor suit as a child. Yeah. (laughs) Of course there is. I don't know if I have the hat, but the rest of it is the sailor suit. And Jason, that's just what he wears to a party. (laughs) Well, it's. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's Fleet Week. Mike, you must produce this photo. Yeah, I'll find the the sailor suit photo. Jason, do you, you have to have a sailor suit photo? Uh, 
I don't know about sailors. I feel like he had an unseemly number of turtlenecks as a beer boy. <laughs> like Robert, like a young Robert Evans. Like a young Robert Evans. Uh, yeah, turtlenecks and sweaters. I did find, well, I, you guys will like this. Uh, and I, I'm assuming it was just written, because it's clearly my mother's handwriting, a letter to my grandparents dated September 1988. I came across this the other day. Written as if I had written it. What? And <laughs> it is like, I finally got my hair cut and I kicked and screamed, but if I'm a good boy, I'll get a toy, a little toy at Kmart and get to ride a ride. So... The, the the keystone for the show was implanted in my brain a lot longer ago than I thought. Wow. <laughs> I'm being roughy, but... I'm, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's uh, the other phrase? Rammy. <laughs> what's... I'm Rammy. being I'm being Rammy, and I got into roughies, but I but I got a little doll anyway. I got a little an old doll, a little old doll, <laughs> a little old doll, and we'll dress. The... And we're going to be dressed the same. <laughs> Two sailor suits, <laughs> same size, please. Child Jason, a little older child Jason and current Jason would very much have both enjoyed the Henry Bemis action figure that is very hard to find from the Twilight Zone. Henry Bemis, the Burgess Meredith character from Time Enough at Last. They have these toys now. I know, they're so hard to track down. Yeah. They're very expensive if you do find them. They always have them in I don't a want a house full of Twilight Zone toys. <laughs> this is a recipe for them all to come to life and bother me. What about like a full-size Caesar, though? You could just sit yeah. overlooking the crib. Hi. <laughs> hey. hey. You awake? Wake up. Hey. Get up. Rise and shine. Oh. The day's wasted. I <laughs> have a cigar with me, buddy. They really in the gift shop. They should sell that. Oddly, I think I would dress my baby as <laughs> Caesar. Caesar. I don't know the safety level of prosthetic eyebrows for infants, huh. but you could. If I discover that any are safe, I'll consider. You could do like a headband with the eyebrows attached. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And yes, and the rest is skin colored. And then, yeah. <laughs> that would be good. And then, right. like, you I'll could work on that. You get a, I'll find this. I was going to say, do you have a. Could you find a bottle that looks like a big cigar? <laughs> like, give me another hit of that. <laughs> a little like streamer smoke coming out. Right. Of like a very thin Ooh. bottle that looks like a cigar that you'd put milk yeah. in. This ain't bad. This ain't <laughs> That's bad. good. And I think Disney really uh, blew it not having these items available in the gift shop for the Tower of Terror. Right. I we agree. We want our Twilight Zone branding. We want our uh, cigar bottle disguises mm -hmm. and eyebrow straps for babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course I have. I guess I should mention that. I have the uh, Terry Cloth Hollywood Tower Hotel bathrobe. <laughs> mm -hmm. nice. uh, great. Uh, and it's great. It's, wow. You wear it's it very still, right? Practical. Oh yeah, I still use it. Yeah, it's hanging on the door and again, of we're, my bathroom. We're in overtime here, but you, you're a bathrobe guy. I'm a bathrobe guy. Yeah, I yeah you. I love I, to be one. I love to be one. I have one. I just never. I never do it. Scott, what are you a bathrobe guy? Uh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do it every once in a while. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got one, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's odd to do. Jason, are you a bathrobe? I can't imagine constantly. Are you, a, you're like an everyday bathrobe guy. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Get out of the, get out of the you're shower, like a, put on, put on that robe. 
You're sit like around a, for a little while. A, a Robert Evans type, where like you, you would imagine he just wore like a smoking jacket around the house or a bathrobe. So like you Sometimes. are just like a lounge in your robe after a shower for hours, unless you have somewhere to go. Uh, yeah, weather depending. <laughs> Sometimes that's a little too cold. You know. Um, uh, uh, the difference being uh, uh, milk and cookies replacing vast sums of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. that's true. <laughs> Besides that, sure, maybe Jason is a Robert Evans type. <laughs> um, should we? Do we get out overtime? Have we done it? Can we do it? I think we can do it. I think so. Survived. Hauntcast, The Fright, an episode that a while ago was mostly about the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Uh, um, that, that's a blast. It's nice, nice to talk about such a such a fantastic ride, a, a linchpin, an institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and as we said, all, the, almost this almost has to become a yearly, a mini yearly series because we have to hit Japan, we have to hit the film, and of course, an entire episode devoted to the uh, the systemic abuse of Sally Shine. Mm-hmm. Oh. It is very evident from the one un speaking shot of her yes do we think um, mission breakout that's not counted right because it's not spooky no i think it's but not it's, is no. is a monsters after dark the halloween overlay that has to be in Honcast the fright maybe yeah. on a second yeah. gate maybe behind a paywall I think so. I think those are the rules. Okay. Yes. So we have to cover it in the off season, and the, unless we do Monsters After Dark first, it gets very uh, right. We could confusing. do Monsters After Dark first, and you flow. have you have not you've done Guardians, but not Monsters After Dark. Now I haven't done Monsters After Dark, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I Sounds love. Spooky. Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Um, it does sound cool. All right. So this look, we're not done with these towers. We'll be back in the tower we may have to be uh similarly over in the uh creature's choice awards too we'll figure that out hey like we said there's a lot of uh haunt cast the fright to come uh we we got good topics uh good fun coming up so uh stay tuned what's a monster what's a halloween pun oh um stay glue gould yeah to your uh podcast app and be sure to um, uh, skeleton-scribe mm. to... That's horrible. Ske- like, skeleton-subscribe. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I don't know. I'll tune these up later. The point is, go to Podcast the Ride, the Cemetery Gate, mm-hmm. uh, for both three uh, bonus episodes. That's good. That's perfect, month. yeah. Very yeah, good. Right. Yeah, that's great. I closed that on a good one. At patreon.com slash podcast the ride. I'm not going to spookify that one, or the URL won't be right. Right. Okay, very important. All right, well, we'll see you soon. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.